Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. I have a bone to pick. Oh? I have a bone to pick. Uh, I will die on this fucking hill. Okay. All right. I'm going to die right here. Speaking of resting in peace, Great I'm going to die on this fucking hill right here. Fuck the immaculate inning. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck you if you threw one. Fuck you if you celebrate one. (laughs) Fuck you if all the people that came after me yesterday, I'm going to double, triple down on this shit. Fuck the immaculate inning. And I know. All right. I got old tweets (laughs) excited about immaculate innings. Fine. Fine. Exposed. No, because because the the tweet. No, no, no. no. Because no doubt. Because the tweet. That everyone was like, is this you? Is this you? It was Chris Sale's second immaculate inning of the year. Throw two. Throw. Oh, so oh. here, hold on, hold on. Let you're me just lay a, out my case. Let me, just hold, a nasty let me lay out the case. Nestor naysayer. That's right. I love Nestor. You're a I nasty Nestor naysayer. Nestor Cortez, I hope he's an all star in LA. Yeah, <clears> I want to shake his hand in LA. I'm a Nestor guy. Yeah, okay. I know about that. I'm a Nestor guy. Nestor me and Nestor, like this. I don't, I don't know. Love Nestor. What I don't love are these fucking idiots that are like, well, there's been fewer immaculate innings than no hitters, so it's got to be harder. It's more impressive. No, it's not. No, it's not. Just because it's happened fewer times, like I get the logic behind it, but it doesn't make sense. Well, you telling me, Dallas, <laughs> you thrower of a perfect game in Major League Baseball, would you tell me right now that it is more impressive, more difficult to, to pitch an immaculate inning, which is just a glorified striking out the side, than a fucking no-hitter, a nine-inning no-hitter against a Major League lineup? That's, that's easier than fucking striking out the side on nine pitches. Get the fuck out of here. Everyone that had that take, which was so many people, so many people were were willing to die on that hill. I felt like I was taking fucking crazy pills. I was like, Ellen, what did you put in that chocolate bunny? Because if you, I'm on the internet right now and I've got fucking 10,000 people trying to tell me that striking out the side on nine pitches is more difficult and more impressive than throwing a fucking no hitter against a major league baseball team what fucking planet am i on dallas well, please well it's first of all the problem is it sounds like you're having these conversations at a fucking square dance i don't know what <laughs> kind of accent that was and who you're talking to that's talking to you about immaculate innings <laughs> like they're in the middle of fucking branded cattle but, yeah. uh, I, I look dude it's it's cool. It's great. It's that's yeah, what I said. But that's, I prefaced it by saying, "Hey, it's cool." 
But let's pump the brakes on acknowledging it like, wow, I just saw history. Like, have you ever heard like a fucking supercut of broadcasters being like, and an immaculate inning for <laughs> Nestor Cortez? Like, well, they're no. gonna start now. No. And like <laughs> after and, the and, shit they dropped on you, this if you look into the stats, how little it happens compared to no hitters when every single inning you have an opportunity to do it. Tell him Joe. This look at I mean it's because it's there's because 18 chances a game and def- it happens it defeats, less than a no hitter. Get him, it's Joe. because for so long in baseball. It's like, oh, it's 0-2 on this guy. All right, let me fucking stick my glove up here. Fastball at the fucking hairline. Oh, he didn't swing and miss. All right, it's one and two. All right, fastball away now. Like that's 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 been baseball forever. And like I never agreed with it. Like I never agreed with wasting a pitch on 0-2. But for how many years? Decades. For decades. If you had a pitcher or if you had a hitter down 0-2, the fucking catcher would just Stand up. Hey, <laughs> up here. Up here. That was baseball for so long. That's why the immaculate inning is so fucking rare. It's because we were idiots for 90 well, years. What let me let well, me say this. Let, let me say this about <clears throat> the celebration of the swing and miss. For me, like just right off the top, and th- this is like there's a lot of it, it sounds like there's a lot of smart people who who may have been <laughs> You may have been countering your point, Jared. Sounds like no. there may be some not so intelligent. Kurt Schilling, well. Kurt Schilling was what didn't take my side on this. Fine. The only the only argument that I will hear for this Dallas because Sergio Romo didn't agree with me. Uh, Heath Hembry of the 2018 World Series champion Boston Red Sox. Heath Hembry said, "If I'm a reliever, and even Pat Light of the No Name Red Sox podcast that we have." They both have the same take. As a reliever in the show, if I throw an immaculate inning, like that's like a perfect game for us. Like I'm keeping that ball. Fine. If you're a reliever and you have an immaculate inning, great. Then I'm not even saying to not like acknowledge it. I'm just, it was more for the fans. It was more for the fans that were trying to say like, this is more like we just witnessed such history. I'm going to tell my fucking unborn son about this someday that I saw Nestor Cortez Jr. strike out the side on nine pitches. Get the fuck out of here. You got to hate. I, I didn't see you waking up today being a nasty Nestor naysayer. I love but, Nestor but, Cortez. I love here, Nestor Cortez. This is not are. about Nestor. No, this, it, is a, it, this is about the, the like comparing the it to no hitters and perfect games and all that shit. <laughs> It's not the same thing. It's not as impressive. It's not more difficult just because it didn't happen as often. Well, look, in the era of the 200 strikeout season where guys are more than okay with punching out 200 times, like Matt Chapman last year hit 25 homers Mm -hmm. north of 70 RBIs. He only hit like 210, I think, something like that. But he punched out 200 times as well. And that's not like a, a huge conversation. Like no one's like, oh my God, he punched out 200. Like people are okay with that now. Joey Gallo punching out 200 times. People are okay with that now. So for me, when I think about applauding, having generated either swing and miss, because look, what's really cool is if you get an immaculate inning and you don't garner a single swing and miss, that would be really cool. Like you're just locking motherfuckers up. Yeah. Three straight pitches, nine straight total pitches. Like, oh, couldn't couldn't swing. Oh, couldn't pull the trigger. Couldn't pull the trigger. You do that three times in a row. Okay, now that's probably cool. That's that's fun to look at. But still not being celebrated like it's a fucking no-hitter. So when I think about all of the people who 
love the game and love the advanced statistics and shit like that. Well, you do remember that we're in a we're in a game and we're in an era right now where swinging and missing is nothing to to get up in arms about. Nothing to be like, oh my god, he can't fucking put the bat on the ball. No, it's all good. It's all good. So we're celebrating and getting really crazy about swing and miss in an era where swing and miss is extremely commonplace. Eh. So it, it is. It's cool. It's really cool. Because well, it's when like, you're a Yankees fan right now and you got really nothing to cheer for, this is the mm-hmm. type of shit you go for. I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you get losing to the Orioles like that, Ooh. you can't even. And they love Nestor. I love Nestor. I love Nestor. Okay. I don't. Nestor. It feels hollow. I saw someone say something like that. That dude takes the train. He takes the subway to Yankee Stadium still. Like he just doesn't. And when people recognize him, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I pitch for the Yankees. Isn't he Cuban? (coughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, He is. But there is no one. And I repeat. No one who is rooting harder for Nestor Cortez to make the all-star team this year than me. I'm a Nestor guy. I'll even wear a shirt. I'll wear a shirt that says I'm a Nestor guy. I'll wear it because I am. (laughs) No, you need a shirt that says I'm a Nestor yay-sayer, not a Nestor naysayer. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I love Nestor, um, but I have... Real beef with the immaculate inning people. Like, fuck all those people. The immaculate inning. It's a glorified striking out the side. Good, good job, I guess. It's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's an anomaly. It's not like a, a historic achievement. Like, do you, do you think, like, <clears throat> I know that uh, you've obviously been more like directly involved with the A's in recent years because of your broadcasting career. But like, I would imagine that if you chose to never broadcast, that the A's would bring you back to throw out a first pitch and like honor you. Dallas Braden threw a perfect game and A's legend. We you know we lose that use that term loosely, but Dallas Braden, A's legend, throw a perfect game on Mother's Day, and like they would bring you back for that. Do you think that they will ever bring Nestor Cortez back? To throw a first pitch at Yankee Stadium and be like, he threw a fucking immaculate inning that one time when the Yankees lost against to the Orioles. The Orioles. Yeah, that's not a. You, you think they're doing that? that? That's not a banner that gets hung. Like that's not a day. That's not a a giveaway. Yeah, I can't fucking believe how many people legitimately were trying to make that point. Like, I, hey, it's happened fewer times, therefore it's more difficult. True. True or false. You will be waiting in line at Yankee Stadium for the nasty Nestor bobblehead day. Yeah. Immaculate inning bobblehead day. That's going to happen. They're making a fucking bobblehead. You know, you know they're making a bobblehead. Dallas, if they make a Nestor Cortez uh, immaculate inning t-shirt or bobblehead, I... I will get it. I will wear it. I'll display it. I yes. want Nestor Cortez on this podcast. I want to talk to him. <clears throat> I want. I want to. I want to pump Nestor's tires so hard, just so that everyone knows this ain't about Nestor. This ain't about the Yankees. It's about the immaculate inning 
and the asinine stance that it is somehow more difficult than a no-hitter or a perfect game. <laughs> this is not. It's not. It's, it's crazy it's, how many people like I used to respect that felt that way. Well, it is, I, I it, lost all respect for those people. It is a it is a wild and crazy take to think that it is in any way comparable to an entire body's worth of work. Like you mean to tell me that striking three people out in a row on nine pitches is cooler than subduing an entire big league lineup for an entire game. Like they just get no hits. That's what I've been told Dallas. That's second best. That's it. It depends on the circumstances. No, it absolutely does does not. Joseph, (laughs) Jesus Christ, because I have a cool, I mean, you guys remember, I think, I don't remember what years was, but Max Scherzer got like fucking nailed with a line drive right at him. Like in the, I don't know, in the ankle. And he was like crying on the mound, like fucking down. And they're like, Scherzer, Scherzer. And he goes fucking psychopath and he starts warming up and he stays in next inning, immaculate inning. That was better. That's cool. That was savage. But he's done it all. Like he's, he's done the 20 strikeouts. He's done the no hitter. uh, And he's done the, he's done everything. He's Max Scherzer. I feel like for whatever reason, um, I don't know that Max Scherzer, like he obviously gets a lot of love. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that Max Scherzer doesn't, uh, that he's like underrated by any means. But do you think Max Scherzer gets the same kind of love that a guy like Clayton Kershaw does? Yeah. What do you, you mean? Like in terms of like God status. Um, like I feel like when people look at, when people talk about, and, and we've had, I don't know, we as in you and I, I've had this discussion on Twitter about the best pitcher of this generation. Mm-hmm. And it always comes down to Kershaw and Verlander. Shit. Like, like I, that's when I was like, wait, are we not seeing what Max, like, why are we, why are we not seeing Max Scherzer the same way that some people view a Verlander or a Kershaw when he very, very much belongs in that class of best pitcher of, of this generation? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's... Um... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because Verlander never had to deal with the comparison of another arm with him in the American League, the way that you compare or the, you know uh, a Kershaw and a Scherzer. Yeah. Because like, who else are you talking about in the conversation in the American League with a Justin Verlander type like that? That's that's opposing him, or mm. you, you know what I mean? Like it was it was was it Garrett Cole? When he showed up in Houston. Garrett Cole, yeah. <clears throat> I, <laughs> I just keep going back to uh, Garrett Cole demanding the baseball from the fan in the stand. Be like, do you, do you not see what just happened here? It was an immaculate <laughs> inning. Like, give us that baseball back. Higashioka might be my favorite fucking player in baseball because he was like, oh, immaculate inning. Who gives a fuck? And he threw the ball in the stands. That's my type of ca- That's my catcher right there. That's America's catcher, Higgy. What a great guy. Fuck fuck your immaculate inning. It's in the stands I, now. I can tell you <clears> um, Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see uh some sort of poll on who fans think the pitcher of the generation was. And and also, do you think that I, I guess yeah, I, like Scherzer and Kershaw are the same generation? I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, Kershaw's numbers are 
just stupid, dude. Like you're talking about a dude's career ERA, mm-hmm. and those numbers are are hard to whittle away at after you get to a certain point in time. After you, mm-hmm. you know, ha- have put forth a, a certain body of work, the dude's career ERA just continues to go down every year, every year, every year, every year he takes the ball, every year he makes twenty five plus starts. His ERA just goes down. Yeah. And there's and, no Dan Marino here. But they all they all got hardware now. No, yeah, he got he got the ring. And he's after another one. Yeah. And and for, for Scherzer, I'll say this. That dude needs to be the name that you talk about when we start talking about super contracts mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the viability of them and how it was pitchers who were seen as the high risk. Like, I don't know if they're gonna live up to this contract type of player. And Max Scherzer is easily the first player to receive and outperform a max contract. Yes. Yes. Not even Ooh. not even a question. So when yes. you're going to start to compare the the Pujols deal and the Miguel Cabrera deal and maybe the Hosmer deal and when you're going to start to a- a- analyze those and then you flip the script and look at the pitcher side of things, you're going to start the conversation with Max Scherzer and you're going to go, "Holy shit, he outperformed the 200 plus million dollar contract." That's insane. Speaking of um, <clears throat> Justin Verlander, I'm looking Yo, he's at. He's back, uh, by the way. <laughs> big back. He is back. Uh, I want to know, like, on the DraftKings sports book, what are his odds of winning the Cy Young? Like, we went from like, can this dude take the fucking ball again to <laughs> returning in his his late 30s, early 40s. And maybe winning the Cy Young. That's how good he looked. How good he's looked. It's not just one start now that we're talking about. Um, but Justin Verlander is 39 goddamn years old. Fuck. Uh, and this dude has... He's gone through the ringer. <clears throat> His last time out against Seattle the other night. Eight shut. Three hits. Zero earned runs, zero walks, eight tickets. He's doing it. And this is coming off of uh, a five-inning, three-hit, one-run performance with seven punchies. I think well, uh, Walshie got him yeah. for a homer. Uh, other than that, yeah, he's given up. <laughs> he's given up one earned run in 13 innings with 15 tickets. That one run was the Jared Walsh homer. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Is that smart money for you, Dallas? Would you would you throw a future on Verlander to win the Cy Young in the American League right now? I don't know why you wouldn't. I don't know why you wouldn't. It's a yeah. Uh, I mean, who is our preseason picks? No one uh, took Robbie him, right? Ray. No. Uh, yeah, Robbie Ray. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Did you Joe. forget he's in the same league as Robbie Ray? Are you hating on Robbie Ray, Dallas? Ray? I am. And Jared, both of you guys. I'm I would never hate on, on Robbie Ray. Ray. I told you that Jose Barrios <laughs> is going to win the American League Cy Young. Yeah, year. that seems like it's not going to happen, honestly. We don't know that for yeah. sure. <laughs> it yeah, seems it unfortunate. No. The pick. No. The pick it's seems unfortunate. Very early. Uh, it's early. It's early. But I that's on us for not putting enough respect on, on Justin Verlander's name because that seems like a good future right now, even to put in after two starts. <clears throat> but uh, baseball fans, it's time to step up to the plate. With DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball, new customers can bet just $5 on any team 
to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Uh, if the sports book isn't available in your state yet, you can still take a swing at Stacks of Green with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball Contest. New customers can play for free for thousands in prizes with their first deposit. Pick a lineup of two pitchers and eight batters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. Bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets if your team wins their game. That is promo code Jared at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Got to be 21 plus. Restrictions apply. MLB trademarks used with permission. See show notes for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Red Sox rallying right now, Dallas? Uh, I mean, they, they're making some noise. They got some traffic on the path. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> Angel great Dylan Bundy on the mound for the Minnesota Twins right now. Yeah. Looks like he just... Uh, he wasn't a 1-1, one, one, was he? No. Uh, yeah, I believe he was. Was he? Dylan Bundy. I Dylan. think he was the Orioles. I got yeah. inside information. I knew a guy who worked uh, with the Frederick Keys. said Dylan Bundy ate a lot of hot dogs after the games. <laughs> after the games? After the games. Interesting. <clears throat> How many? Uh, let's let's say let's say you're going to a nothing wrong. With a nice little a weenie post game. Yeah. What what uh? Say it's a nice little one o'clock start, Joey. You're going to a, you're going to a ball game. You're going to see the Atlanta Braves, who uh, were on Sunday Night Baseball, came up just just shy of uh, beating Dang. the San Diego Padres. Uh, and you Darvish, who looked very fucking good. Um, say say you're at a one o'clock start. Braves game. How, how many? How many? How many wieners you tackling? Me? Yes. I made one at most because I don't want to buy. <laughs> if they were free, if they were free. Let's let's I say let's say Uncle Dal is is taking us to the ball game. Oh, <laughs> like. <laughs> well, I mean, I probably eat three. That's uh, okay. That's fair. I'm not good at eat, eating hot dogs or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, how many how many wieners you pound in Dallas? I would fuck up a hot dog. I'm probably eating. How many? Um, I could easily I could easily get through get through five or six. Five or six. I had bro. I had fucking. I had two hot links before the game, the uh, the day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. An incredible sausage vendor right outside the Rogers Center up there in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Were you you were up there, huh? Sure was. The how was that? It was amazing. Yeah. Phenomenal. Terrible weather. Fucking 30 degrees. The game there. on Sunday, it was 12 degrees outside. It was horrible. Oh, there it was warm inside. Yeah. And oh my God. The Ro- the Rogers Center is essentially a nightclub <laughs> when the game starts. Uh-huh. And then it just ba- then it just turns into a house concert when Jordan <laughs> Romano comes into the game. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck! Mm-hmm. 
lights go out, lights turn on, shit just starts getting real crazy. Fans start losing their mind. He's from, uh, and he's from Canada as well, Jordan Romano. So, I mean, they just, they love him, period. And he's really good as well. Canada love themselves some Canada. They do. Canada loves them some Canada. Yeah. I want to go to Toronto. I've never been there. Uh, we were supposed to go in 2019. If you remember Dallas, we were supposed to go to fucking London, which thank God we didn't go. Cause that would have sucked. Horrible. Uh, and then from London to Toronto. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to get back there. <clears throat> Not back, but just go for the first time. I've heard nothing but great things. And it seems like, and I said this on opening day, if blue Jays fans can keep that same energy all year, that's going to be a fun place to play for the Jays in a not-so-fun place to play uh, for opposing teams. Um, Jake, I wanted to just quickly get your thoughts before we moved on from the the pitcher of the generation conversation. Uh, who did you have as the pitcher of the generation? Um, I probably would go with with Kershaw. I mean, sure. I thought you were going like, to say Chris Sale. I really tried uh, to say yeah. up there. <laughs> Come on, Jake, that one. What the fuck? <laughs> I really tried to say up there. <laughs> Kershaw. <laughs> Yeah, fumbled it. <laughs> you want to try you that again? It. Yeah, all right, let's do it. Do it again. All right. Uh, so, Jake, before we move on from the yep. the pitcher of the generation conversation, I just want to get your thoughts on who you who you thought was the pitcher of the generation. Jared, I got Chris Sale, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I mean, he, how many strikeouts did he have in seventeen? It was like three hundred and something. Pedro yeah. had three hundred and thirteen in ninety nine. Yeah, no, definitely comparable to K- Kershaw's generational body of work. Absolutely. Same. I, I mean, Tanner, it's Tanner Hawk. Same, same conversation. <laughs> yeah, but it's a matter of opinion, which is why this no, great hey, game is is as great as it is. You can you can view it through your own lens. That's that's and that's that's why we move the puck around here. You know. Yeah. It's, you got to dish the rock, as they say. Um, um, speaking of dishing the rock, can we talk about Joe Madden dishing out <laughs> fucking bases loaded free passes? I have a theory. What in the actual fuck? So that was the third time in baseball history, yes? Um, that yeah, it was like uh, eighth time. No, yeah, the eighth time total since baseball, since they've been taking notes on shit. Well, then it was like the third time in what? Well, like the last time it happened, the most recent time it happened, it was I him. believe, was Josh Hamilton 2008. Before yeah. that, But it was Barry also Bonds. Joe Madden. Right. Yeah, it before was. that, Barry Bonds. And then before that. I, th- it- I think fucking Joe Madden just wanted to say that he was the only manager to do it more than once. Because wasn't, wasn't it Buck Showalter? Wasn't it Buck Showalter that, that did it to Barry? Uh, I think it was. I think it was too. I think it was. Can we look? Yeah, at like it? if I'm seeing the clip in my head, I'm pretty sure it was Buck. You got Buck standing there with his arms folded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it was Buck, but they had the lead. They <laughs> this. So if you haven't seen it, you have to go back and watch this clip of Joe Madden ordering an intentional walk with the bases loaded to Corey Seager and the. The clip just cuts to Mike Trout standing in the outfield, looking at all the runners on the base paths, trying to like count them all up to make sure like, wait, is the guy on third? Is that the, is that the third base coach or is that like a runner? No, that's as a runner. Okay. What the fuck? 
Why are yeah. we doing this? Yeah. You can see him like tracking it, adding it up. He's, oh, he's a whole, So he went home. If he was home, that guy's going to go. We're losing. We're, we're losing. We're giving them another run. We're down two now. So we're just giving them a run. Yeah. Well, that's not good. What? Like, did... Did Joe Madden speak about this after the game? I'm, sh- I'm yes. sure he did. Yes. What he the said fuck he was trying to say? fire up the boys. He was yeah. like, it was to like <laughs> do something different, you know, get him. Wrong. It was a human decision. Yes. yes. That is- I-, I love it. There's only, it was very <laughs> rare times. Fire up the boys. <laughs> That's what he, he said he went to the mound and he said, he said, quote, it was kind of a hallmark moment. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> so like he glad- was saying, he was saying it like the pitcher was like so down, like he loved it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's how you have to present ideas. And it's like uh, when nobody's on board with the idea. And I'm not saying that that was the case <laughs> because Adam Warren has talked about like, or, oh, yeah, like, no, it was, you know, I was, I was cool with it. I trust Joe. Like, it's Joe Madden. I'm not arguing with Joe Madden. Like, he was like, yeah, it surprised me, but. I'm not going to tell Joe Madden no. So Joe's like, yeah, we had a conversation. Everybody was was totally down for it. It was it was a genius idea, and and really they let me know it was a genius idea. It was just something I was kicking around. But like now that I think about it, fucking super brain move. Like I I'm that guy. Um, <laughs> I, I it it reminds me of a uh, of a game. Joe Blanton was pitching, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr or not junior, Vlad Guerrero, senior, was just as hot as humanly possible. And we got two outs and intentionally walked Vlad Guerrero. And Joe Blanton stepped off the mound and, like, glared into the dugout like, are you serious about this? This is what we are doing on purpose? (laughs) And the next... Four pitches that Joe Blanton threw were fucking 93 miles an hour or harder. This is an intentional walk. (laughs) 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 Just walk you and your walk. Like he was not happy about it. I could not imagine. I could not imagine having to explain or listening to somebody explain to a guy like Joe B. Hey, man, uh, I know we've got three guys on right now. And I know you fancy yourself an out getter, but not here. We're gonna we're just gonna tack another one on and we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna live to fight and to go, you know, get a ground ball from this guy. Like, how the fuck am I still out here if I can't if I can't even pitch to the dude like we don't have anywhere to put this fucking guy? All right? Come on. Can I please try? Pretty please? How does that conversation go? So Joe Madden basically just Charged and earned run to one of his guys. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in retrospect, that does it. It's like, hey, is there any way that we might be able to, like, you know, make a phone call and get this one taken off? Like, <laughs> mm. how do we do that? Yeah. There's no there's no doing that, though, Jared. That's just no. fucking hang with them. Mm. But they were playing. Look, they were he was playing trying matchups. to fire up the boys. Yeah, that that was that was what got me, Joey. Was when he was like, "Yeah, you know, it's a because he did." He said it was a hallmark moment, and I was like, "Oh, I don't think that it's going to be celebrated the way that you think it might be, Joe." Mm. Uh, and he was like, "But yeah, yeah, you know, was, sometimes you get you just got to do things like that. You, you fire up the boys, you get the energy going, you get excitement going. It's like, oh man, I don't, I don't know how that 
I think he confused the boys. And then the boys just happened to be like, I guess we got to try a little bit harder because now we're down two <laughs> instead yeah, of one. You got Mike that Trout is the out. only way he could have framed it to make it seem like it actually worked because they <laughs> gave up three runs that inning. Yeah. The it walk, work. sack fly, then the guy balked. But then they scored like seven runs the next inning. So, I mean, if you frame it like that, something, you know, maybe they were fired up. Yeah. You just don't get it. Joe Madden's brain works on a different level and you can't quantify uh, just how it, how it works, how you, it maneuvers itself. You, you know what that looks like? Like, all right, let's say we're back in the fucking like Aztec days, back in the you know ancient Maya days where they're sacrificing people. <laughs> Joe, Joe Madden has got the whole crowd. He's got the whole village. Everybody's down there at the bottom and they're rallying. You know, he's getting ready to pour the blood of some unsuspecting virgin so that they can bring water for the crops, whatever they need. And Joe's looking around. He's like, no, you know what? I got this. I, this is, <laughs> I got this. Scoot over, sweetheart. And Joe just lays down on the stone. And he's like, look, I'm not going to go with my throat here, but I'm going to prick my hand here, and I'm going to take this one for the team, all right? Because they get this old guy blood. We're going to confuse the gods. It's going to fucking, it's going to torrential downpour for a week. And I'm willing to do that. For you guys. Why? Because I'm here to fire up the gods, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here to fire up the gods. <laughs> I'm going to fire up the gods, and we're going to see just how much rain they've been keeping back from us, all right? Yeah. So, so Uncle Joe's got this. <laughs> do, you, a, uh, a, do you have any relationship with Joe Madden at all? Have you, have you met him? You talked to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joe, He. I mean, he's he's been very cool to me. Very, very cool to me. What's he, what's he like when uh, he's not trying to outthink everybody? Um, he, he is a, like, he is legitimately somebody that you could talk to about anything with. Like I was true story. I, I opened up a piece of chocolate that a guy had brought from me from Peru and it was incredible chocolate. Like it had little salt crystals on it and it was just fucking amazing. And I gave some to Joe. And you would have thought I I like handed him the Dead Sea Scroll to keep. Like this is you go ahead and have that, Joe. That's for you. <laughs> it, he was just fucking blown away at how good the chocolate was. But then we like just got balls deep into a like huge chocolate conversation for like twenty minutes. Like I'm not a chocolate connoisseur to be talking chocolate for twenty minutes. But <laughs> I would listen to that podcast. But, but me and Joe. Like, just fucking they, under the John Boy media umbrella, Dallas Braden and Joe Madden talking chocolate, <laughs> talking chocolate. <laughs> because then it went from it went from chocolate to you know to wine, and then to you know inciting munchies, and like the it just it was great. It was, and then I, I I seriously I look up and it's like thirty minutes later, and I'm like, have we just talked about fucking chocolate and munchies for like a half hour? Talking chocolate. Yeah, we have. So it, we can know for sure now that there's no one in the Angels analytics department that's making any decisions for Joe Madden because that was definitely not like a stat guy. Like there's no numbers that backs up that decision at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, what is what's that phone conversation like? Where like the 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 phone is just ringing off the hook. <laughs> And Joe's like, I'm not, I'm not answering that. I'm not fucking answering. Finally, he answers. They're like, Joe, you cannot. 
I know what you're thinking right now. All right. Bases are loaded. And we I can see that look in your eye. Don't you? Huh? Yeah, I can't. Walk them. I can't, I'm going through, a, going through a tunnel right now. I can't really hear you guys. Walk them. Put them on. <laughs> Joe, Joe, the bases are loaded. Put them on. <laughs> Joe, we're, uh, we're fucking, we're losing, dude. Give him four. But, but Joe, I mean, he's, he's got, he's got a, he's got a 763 OPS. It's not like he's setting the world on fire, Joe. What do we do? Put him on. Four. Four. Joe, I mean, come on. Oh, and, then, and then Joe, and then after they score the fucking seven runs the next half inning or whatever, that's when Joe takes the in-house mic and just turns to the crowd. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Is this not what you came here for? <laughs> you're just uh, the biggest. Uh, uh, you're welcome from Joe. Is that the manager's decision like nowadays? Because I, I like I know, everyone always says like the front office makes like all these decisions and the managers are like useless now, basically. Like a lot of people. And it, but I don't really understand like what decisions does it just change on the team or like what? How many of the decisions are the manager and how many of them are like the fucking dorks? So they are handed a sheet of matchup information and, you know, at bat information, guys swing path, the shape of these pitches and what coincides with which, where you're going to, you know, where you're going to match up the best. And Joey, I have jokingly said that managers in major league baseball have two pages that they operate from. One page is from the analytics department, and that is a list of moves that you could make, and regardless of how they turn out, you get to keep your job because that's a numbers-based decision, a strategy-based decision based on the analytic department. The other page is full of gut decisions that you could very well make, and should they work out, then we'll live to fight another day. But if you make a decision from that feel page or that gut page and it doesn't work out, those are fireable offenses. We would have no issue cutting ties with you should you decide to walk the bases loaded and then proceed to bury our bullpen and not be able to get out of the inning. Like, you might be let go for that. And so decisions have to get me. Like, ah, well. uh." And so Joe early on is like, Come on, we're 10 games into this fucking thing. You mean to tell me that me walking somebody with the bases loaded is really going to cost me my job right now? Absolutely not. We're here to fire the boys up. <laughs> we're here to fire the boys. Where's that page, man? <laughs> yeah, the, the fire the boys page up. That's on the back of a fucking milk cart. Because those ideas have been missing for God knows how long. If if you were if you were out there pitching Dallas and and that run was going to be charged to you that's your earn run at the cost of firing the boys up if (laughs) if if your if your teammates then get back into the dugout and put up a seven spot do you care that you you got an ernie that your manager gave to you if it if it actually fired the boys up uh like like honestly no not so much but a lot of that has to do with like look i don't know am i uh (laughs) Am I a super two, like like knocking on the door right. of arbitration slash free agent? Like, what do we, you know, where am I? What's going on here? Right. Be, you know, and, and that's where, 
again, like not to get into the weeds here, but if that ever, if that ever came up, like the the actual number that you are, I, I would be saying an arbitration. And can we, <clears throat> Your Honor, Sir, Ma'am, whoever the fuck, uh, I'd like for you to realize that I had the front office quite literally choose to tack on an extra free run here to my numbers. <laughs> like they, they, I was out there trying my ass off to not mm-hmm. do it, and they were like, you know what? Not today. Today you're gonna wear this. So <laughs> I don't know how much that's worth to you. That's like a fifty grand decision. Fifty, you know, whatever. Just factor that in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of decisions, uh, I don't know that it was the best decision for Fernando Tatis Jr. to be out there playing soccer before the game <laughs> no. yesterday. No. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it's it is interesting to me from like a cultural perspective or like a market perspective uh, because I feel like, and this is this is just a guess based on you know Twitter temperatures. I feel like if 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 we were to criticize Tatis for playing soccer before the game yesterday, and like he like. Got like upended and like landed on his like back. Like he got like, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't like they were kind of taking it. Like he, he like took a digger while he was playing. Uh, and this is an individual that is a superstar that was given 300 and something million dollars and will be out until July. Has not played a game yet. Will not play a game until July. The face of the franchise, one of the faces of baseball and. It's not like he got hurt training his balls off. He got hurt in a motorcycle accident. Allegedly. And then, and then when asked like about the motorcycle accident, he said, which one? You're looking for clarity. <laughs> Don't blame him. Just looking for clarity. And I love Tatis. I love him. But like, if this happened in Boston, he would be absolutely oh, crucified. Crucified for not only... Like why he was hurt in the first place, but then going out there and putting himself in a position to injure himself even more. Like, what are <laughs> you think, doing? I think about I think about Bob Melvin in this in this in this moment in time. Yeah, because Bo Mel has got to be absolutely beside himself. Like he and he's coming into a new situation, right? Like he he's effectively been Tatis's manager for a month and a half. Two months is 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 what it's kind of boiled down to. And in that time, it's been revealed that Tatis is, you know, a bit of a thrill seeker, a modal a, a motorcycle rider. And, <laughs> and that hasn't worked out well for him. And now he's out there, you know, k- kicking the soccer ball around. I Bob Melvin, I promise you, is losing sleep at night. I can I can guarantee that Bob Melvin is losing sleep at night, wondering like, how do I do? Because he's got to walk in and try to explain to this dude who already knows how good he is and already mm. knows what role he serves in this organization. But he's trying to tell that dude like, hey man, probably your first time having an injury like this. Like you know you had the shoulder shit. Do you remember how scary that was to like wonder like, damn, what's the future look like? And now you got a wrist issue. Can I take here. a swing without this popping out? And, and and now you got the wrist issue. And like, dude, I I have no idea what happened on the motorcycle. If that is indeed what happened, 
but you would have to believe Jared and I've been <clears throat> I've been Why on- do you say that? Let me let me stop you there cuz that's the second time that you've questioned the motorcycle thing. Do you think that it's something else? Or you think you think he's using the motorcycle as an excuse or something else? <laughs> what 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 could it possibly be? Cuz that's now twice that you've implied that it wasn't a motorcycle accident. No, I'm just saying if that's the story that we've been given, then that that, that that's why question we- it though? That seems <laughs> odd. That I I like to I question. You, you heard something? I I not have you heard something? Anything? I'm not saying anything. I you hear what's uh what's the scuttlebutt? What's uh what are the rumors out there on the West Coast? Because over that, here on the East Coast, we we don't know. I mean, I, I've I was told motorcycle. I believe motorcycle, but it sounds like there's whispers on the West Coast. What what are those whispers, Dallas? No, it's just a. It, look, all I'm saying is that, like I told you, that's the story we were given. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's the information that I'm processing. That's a just a bad look for the Boston Red Sox on the base path. Right well, now. first of all, that was terrible by Gary because Xander was already occupying third base and he instead threw to third base instead of just chasing Devers back to the bag and tagging him. Like he risked throwing the ball into left field and allowing Devers to score instead of just seeing that Bogarts now occupies third so I can just chase Devers back to the bag and tag him. That's why Gary is a bad catcher. That's why he's a fucking idiot. So, no, I, I can't confirm or deny for you that it was a motorcycle. I'm just saying that if that's what happened, like I, I've been, in, a, I've been in, in an ATV accident and I've ran into something. And if you've got your wrist braced, that jars your wrist, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you fall off, you put your hands down to catch your fall. Like that's... That's the risk you're running here, especially if you're outside running around, dicking around with a soccer ball. Like, you know, he was doing footwork moves and I think he was alone. Wasn't he alone? Did he like try to do a move by himself and end up falling down? Yeah, he tripped on the ball, bro. Well, I mean, come on, Joe. What are we doing? He's like, taking dude. I wait, if you didn't get hurt with the motorcycle, why the why would you make that excuse? That's like a stupid thing to do. You'd right, say yeah, sorry. No, I, that's that's why I said it's it's I'm I'm sure. We've heard worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Horse, now I'm, there's been I, horseback obviously. riding incidents that may have never occurred. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shout out Mason Saunders. <laughs> <laughs> he also got fucked up on a BMX bike. Yeah. If you recall. Yes. Yes. I do recall. Hmm. Yeah. But I, what was I going to say about Tatis playing? So people don't. I remember at, at baseball camp, this our coach was like, Soccer is not a sport; it's an activity. Ooh. He was like three hundred and fifty pounds at least. <laughs> it's, an acti- it's an activity that looks like it's been that you've been excluded from. It sounds like, or that you have failed to take up with any sort of <clears throat> any sort of seriousness. But whatever happened to let the kids play? I mean, he's no playing. can't can't do that. You can't you can't do that. And that's that's a tough part. Like just to be serious for a minute here, like Bob Melvin trying to explain to Tatis Jr. And I understand from Tatis perspective, like you're young, you want to move around. And I was jokingly going to say, look, boys, the fucking wrist is a long ways away from the feet and ankles, right? Long ways away from the legs. He can still run. He can still move. He can still. And the answer. Yeah, you can. But you know what you don't get to do? You don't get to go out and do shit like that because in the event something like that happens where you trip over the ball or you get your feet caught up or whatever, your natural reaction is going to be to put your hands out and brace yourself and break your fall. 
And if that doesn't happen, could you imagine the video <laughs> and what it would look like if Fernando Tatis could feel himself like starting to lose his balance and then he just goes fucking stiff as a board, just <laughs> <laughs> then it's just a fucking face plant. Like n- now what are we dealing with? Like, like it's just, I, 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 I don't want to see it. I, I would hope that Manny Machado or Hosmer would walk up to him and be like, Hey dude, like, look, get the running in, have fun. Like I, I understand, but you can't, you can't do shit like this. You can't, do shit like this. You just can't. And before the game, this is something that a lot of guys do. A lot of pitchers do it as well. They play soccer. They play hacky sack. It loosens up the hips, loosens up the lower leg or the lower half. And, I mean, it's it's great just to get you going, just to get the blood moving. But you got to understand the risk-reward here. You have to. Yeah. And I hate and to it, sound like the fucking old dude yelling, but like... No, it's completely valid, especially when you talk about guys like Manny Machado, who when when we interviewed Tatis last summer, um, we talked about you know his off-season activities, and he never, he never mentioned motorcycles, but he was jumping off of rocks and shit. And I was, you know, like, well, is there ever, you know, now that you got paid all this money, is there ever anything in the back of your mind where you feel like you, you've got to take a step back? And he's like, no. Nah. You know, I, I'll I'll go on these uh, little trips in the off season, and I'll I'll leave my phone behind. Like I won't be like texting or looking at Instagram or checking messages or whatever. And he'll just go and like do like these like uh, big rock jumping excursions and stuff like that. And I, and it's not to say like don't have fun, don't enjoy your life, don't don't you know do the things that you want to do um, while you can still do them as a, as a young person, but. I think I think really it's more the optics than being like, dude, what are you doing playing soccer? Obviously, it's dangerous. Like soccer is not danger. I mean, you can't. The, the the risk is there for sure. You can get hurt. Uh, and if he landed on his shoulder wrong, then yeah, like now now we're dealing with something else there. But it's more the optics of it. And when you get a contract like that, and the organization is telling you like, hey, you're the guy. There, with that comes some sort of, I guess, leadership role. Even though Manny Machado is it's, is the it's leader of that team, it's not. Yeah. Even, it's not even leadership, Jared. It's just it, responsibility. Yeah. Like there's a level of accountability that comes along with with earning the role that you are in because he has earned that himself. That wasn't given to him. He has earned that. Let's not ever get that twisted. But that is a two way street. When you earn those things for yourself. That's something that you wanted, right? You wanted that responsibility as as a young kid. You wanted to be the guy on the team. And when that happens and you're old enough to realize that there's other things that come along with that, well, you have to start being mature enough to know that that's also going to come from you, meaning you making the decision to not go out and play soccer because like, it's a hypothetical, but again, Imagine him tripping over that ball and his reaction on the way down instead of sticking his hand out to brace his fall and maybe re-injuring the wrist. He falls directly on a surgically repaired shoulder or a shoulder that could have been surgically repaired. And now that's banged up again. Like imagine if that's the case. Like how he would feel. He would feel horrible about it. He'd feel horrible about it. And and 
that's just what you're trying to avoid is even getting into a place where that kind of stuff can, can make an impact. So I, I would just, yeah, I, w- I would hope somebody kind of gets to him and just says, Hey, look, dude, it's shitty being hurt. I understand it, but that's why it's shitty being hurt is because you can't do a lot of the things that you would typically do. You, you can't just be how you would typically be if you weren't hurt. And that's why, that's why it fucking sucks. That's why the training room is hell. Uh, have you talked to Bo Mal about this at all? Um, very, very briefly. And it was just a matter of, you know, like I was just kind of <laughs> talking about how <clears throat> he had a young group of kids in Oakland that had come up together and, you know, learned together and, and figured things out at the big league level together. And I said, well, looks like you're going to have to keep an eye on some guys. And he just kind of, you know, laughed and understood what I was talking about. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Poor Bo Mel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk about fucking, I, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. Probably not. <laughs> Roki? Yeah, there we go. Roki. Roki Sasaki. Yes. Nails it. Okay, so this motherfucker, he's 20 years old in Japan, threw a perfect game with 19 strikeouts, and then followed that up with eight perfect innings and 14 strikeouts, and he got taken out of the game with the perfect game, like going back-to-back. Back-to-back perfect games. With a combined, let me do some quick math, uh, 33 strikeouts. 33 strikeouts in 17 innings. Uh, this dude, so if you're wondering, what's he got? Uh, he, in in the perfect game, where he almost had a, a perfect 20 strikeout, that would actually blow my mind. Like, it's crazy that, like, we don't make as big of a deal about it because he, he came up one strikeout short. And but would that register at all in your mind that someone had a perfect twenty strikeout game? It's a lot to process. That's what <laughs> Kerry Wood. So Kerry Wood, Kerry Wood's try twenty strikeout game was a one hitter, mm-hmm. and average game score. Which shout out to Jay Hay. We miss him. We love him. He's not dead. He's just not uh, involved in this project yet. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to say anything. But- but no. Jay Hay, uh, I I always used to talk to him about like game score. It's a Bill James statistic where you start at, I think, 50 points and then the number goes up or down depending on good or bad things. You give up a hit, it goes down. You strike someone out, goes up. Um, look into it because at the end of every year, I would say I would look at a- average game score and lo and behold, I mean, you can look at a, a number of different geeky statistics to evaluate a pitcher's performance. And and I would, and I do, but average game score, you would look at it at the end of the year and whoever's leading, more often than not, that's your Cy Young Award winner. Uh, so the best game score in recorded history was Kerry Woods' 20 strikeout game where he gave up one hit. Um, and I think it was a 105. And Sasaki's 19 strikeout perfect game was a 106. So technically speaking, and I know that some people will say, well, it didn't happen in Major League Baseball, so you can't compare it. It's not the same thing. But the 19 strikeout perfect game by Sasaki was a 106 game score, making it, if you want to compare, 
the best single game pitched in, in, in baseball history. And then he followed it up with eight more perfect innings and 14 strikeouts, which is insane. But what people were asking is, A, when can we expect this guy in Major League Baseball? Um, it wouldn't be until 2027, if ever, because we don't know. Like Some of these guys, it's like, oh, this guy's a phenom in Japan. When's he coming to Major League Baseball? You have to understand, some of these guys don't want to come. <laughs> some of yeah. these guys are like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in Japan. Like, I, I know I, if roles were reversed and I was a stud in America, but like the grandest stage in the mall was in Japan, I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to stay here. I, I like it here. Uh, you know, what I want to, what I want to see what I can do against the best, really? the best in Japan. Yeah. I, no, I mean, I, I would just be like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm just going to stay here in America. I don't, I don't know what? that I would, that. like, that's such a culture change. <laughs> There's just certain people personality-wise that just don't want to subject themselves to the complete culture shock of going from America to Japan or vice versa. So well, here's here's let, let me let you in on something. When you're fucking awesome at something, that shit translates to every language. So you sure. could be awesome here, you could be awesome over there. And being awesome somewhere that you've never been awesome before is pretty awesome. No doubt. I, I'm just saying that we can't just assume that he wants to play in Major League Baseball because oh, not no. every guy does. No. And I get that. That's fine. But it would be a real shame if we were denied uh, the opportunity to see him pitch against uh, the best hitters in the world. Can I um, just no- throw, can I, can, can I throw a, a, a bullshit flag on the getting pulled because of pitch count? Yeah, you can, of course. 102? I don't know how many pitches, did, how many pitches were thrown in the, in the game prior. That I don't know. It was 105, I think. 105? So he's at 102 after a 105 performance. I mean... You gotta let him come out for the ninth. Right? I feel like that's way worse than Kershaw. Back-to-back perfect back games to is back? like Nobody's ever insane. two? Come on! What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? But but again, you know, they don't... They're Maybe it doesn't mean what it... I, I don't know. I can't even begin to try to pretend to process things the way they they do over there in yeah. in the um in the Korean league. Um, yeah, over there a, a if, fucking immaculate ending is way better than a perfect game. So people weren't really <laughs> actually. What'd you just say? In Japan, their culture, they really more value immaculate innings. So All right. Perfect yeah, games don't really it's, count. Yeah, it's, it's legit. Yeah, yeah, they, they do it the yeah. right way over there. The the one thing that I want to mention about him before we we go full on uh, wet suck job, he he averaged his fastball during that perfect game averaged ninety nine point five miles an hour. So rounded up a hundo, it was showing up on the on the radar gun at a hundo. Um, if you looked at the the horizontal and vertical break. On his fastball. But listen to you right now. <laughs> Better than Garrett Cole. Like noticeably, not even marginally. It was noticeably better than which, you know, I'll give it to him. It better like Garrett Cole has one of the better, if not the best, fastball in terms of movement in Major League Baseball. And his was still better. So this guy's no joke. And he throws he obviously throws like a split, but it's do you have fucking, those numbers in front of you right now? I can get them. Let me see. The vert? Yes. 
Do they do sticky substance checks in Japan? Just asking. They I think do. they pre-stick the balls, don't they, Dallas? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. The balls come pre, uh, pre-lubed, if you will. It's like, it's like the Bat Boys are down there just wiping balls with Roman swipes for you. Ready mm-hmm. to rock. Good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, the fastball profile and the split profile... These are being compared to the greatest arms that our game has. Oh, here it is. I got it right here. Uh, according to data obtained by CBS Sports, <clears throat> Sasaki's fastball averaged better than 99.5 miles per hour and featured 19.8 inches of induced vertical break and 15.4 inches of horizontal break. So you're talking about a fastball that's holding its plane and you're talking about a fastball that's got some run. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not a not a ton of run per se, mm. but there's some life. Yeah the um, the MLB record is 46 consecutive batters retired by uh, Yasmero Petit. Yes, sir. And Saki went 51 up, 51 down with 33 strikeouts. Yeah, and punched out 33 of them, I was just going to say. Yeah. But and he's 13 strikeouts in a row. 13 yes. in a row. So technically he retired 42 consecutive batters dating back to the the start before the perfect game. Yeah. And, and at- I was reading the article, he's a tsunami survivor. Oh, which was a crazy thing to read. I was like, what the fuck? But it's actually pretty sad. Like his his dad and his grandma like died. And it, it, like he was like eleven. Remember that big earthquake Jesus. in Japan? Yeah, yeah. And, like ruined his house. It was like re- it's like really sad. Good God. Yeah, this, yeah, guy's this dude's fucking, the real. He's deal. a legend. This guy's a legend, dude. Already. Yeah, twenty years old. Uh, the I mean, earliest could- we could see it. Unless, unless, isn't there something where? Because kind of how like Shohei didn't come to major league baseball with this like monster $350 million deal. He kind of just went through like the six years of service time and arbitration and everything. If, because not everyone is Shohei, but if he wanted to forego the monster contract as an international free agent, isn't there a way that he could come to the United States sooner, but he'd have to kind of go through the similar process that Shohei did of not getting that mega deal. Yeah. There's, there's posting that has to occur. And then, he would ultimately, I mean, for Shohei, Shohei just said, I- I'm going to take these deals because I just want to get over here. I want to do what I can do, and we'll let this shake out once I'm once I'm done in, in the early go of these contracts. Right. From there, you're going to have to pay. I, isn't that smart, though? Because I feel like even if you like take less money to come to the United States, as soon as your career is over, even if you don't do good, you go back to Japan, you're probably going to make so much money on a f- huge contract. Well, yeah, depending on, how they, depending on how they want to go about it, he could absolutely just go back home after a few years and take the, you know, the, the shine of having done well you know, in, in the United States and come back over there. But like Jared said, some guys very well may say, Look, I'm good with being a god over here. I don't need to go over there and and do any of that or live yeah. any of that. Some guys just get off on, you know, maybe being like the the comparison, like the I guess the metaphor would be like if you were like 21, 22 years old 
but you just like enjoy playing against like between like 16 and 18 year olds. Like some people just like love <laughs> doing that, like forging uh, different documents to be able to still play in like a 16 to 18 year old league when you're like 21, 22 years old. It's and yes, some people yeah. like doing that. It's, that reminds me of this guy in our softball league. He like fucking comes to the games and he's like a professional fucking and he comes and he wears uh, baseball pants and he's not even in the league and he just shows up to the part of like where all the fields are. And like if a team doesn't have 10 players, he asks if he can play and then he just hits fucking bombs off us and everybody <laughs> hates him. He's everybody hates him. He's he's what would yeah. be called a tourney player. And Joe, you have people like that in your proximity that you may or may not be aware of. You have people that are more than willing to forge documents and still hang around and play against adolescent children on this <laughs> podcast. You have you have people like that. I, I yeah, Jake. I mean, like first of all, like I don't like when you say shit about Jake like that. I mean, Jake is uh, he's a good kid. He works hard. Um, I think he's great for the brand. So, I mean, if you want to, if you want to like take that up with him, you can do it after the show. But to to do that on the air is pretty fucked up. It's sad. It's sad, Joey. Yeah, but you, you love him. With yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but yeah, <laughs> it's sad, dude. It is sad. I would never, <laughs> it is I would sad. Ne- I would never do that. There's yeah. no. There's no. <laughs> you know. There's no statue of the one one split king. <laughs> Hanging, a, hanging around Saugus, but there is a statue of one Tom Ooh. Seaver. Wait, are you trying to say that I'm not going to get a statue at some point? Because I not, feel like that's not true. Uh, it's probably closer to not happening than happening is what I'm saying. You think it's closer to happening? To not happening. It's I think it's closer I, to not happening. I think it's closer to happening than not happening. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I do not believe that. Jake, what do you th- what percent percentage wise? What do you think the odds are that at some point there will be a statue in my honor in Saugus, Massachusetts? Uh somewhere in the high 90s. High 90s, Dallas. <laughs> you can only get to 100 on this scale. Uh, so for you to say that it's not likely seems unlikely. No, strong unlikelihood. I mean, you saw the reaction when when you and I went back to Saugus High uh, in, what was that, 2019? I mean, they were ready to build the statue that day. And I was like, you guys need to calm down. I was like, you guys need to calm down. I'm just here to, to visit. Just a they quick thought, little visit. I'm not, I wasn't prepared for a ceremony or anything like were, that. They thought, they thought they were getting a substitute. And then, the, then their real teacher walked in right behind you. And they're like, oh, no. It was quite the scene, Joey. <laughs> We Dallas and I went back to my old high school. I want to see it again before they tore it down. It's a brand new high school now. Uh, went back there, and I mean, oh man, they almost had to call in the riot police. People were people were like, oh my god, the king the king comes home. And I mean, I judging by that reaction, I don't think we're that far away from erecting a statue. I don't know that it'll be at Saugus High. I don't know that it'll be actually. You know what? <clears throat> There's a framing company, no free ads. I mean, if they do it, then I will give them a free ad. But there's a framing company that reached out and they were like, hey man, like if you've got any memorabilia that you need framed, let us know. We'd love to frame it for you. And I was like, I don't know that I have anything that needs to get framed. And I was like, wait a second. I still have my Saugus High baseball jersey. (laughs) Oh my God. Does the athletic department know you have it? 
yes, I told them. Actually, it was one of my buddies stole it and gave it to me as a graduation gift uh, when I graduated high school. Oh. So it was stolen property, but I've had it for so long that I think the, the statute of limitations has passed and it's now my property. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have it framed. I think I'm gonna hang it up in my apartment. That would be the next move. Yeah. I think I'm gonna hang it from the ceiling. It should be in the ceiling. Somewhere. Why not? I here? would donate it, donate it to the Saugus Museum. <laughs> you think there's a fucking museum? <laughs> there's a hall there's a Saugus Hall of Fame. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Relax, Dallas. There is a there's a Hall of Fame. And you know what? I belong in it. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I'm not in there is asinine, but like, I'm not going right? to sit here and complain about it. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I'm not. Criminal. I'm not going to complain about that. But uh, I, there should be, people should be offended. People, uh, there should be a groundswell to get me into the Saugus High Hall of Fame. I belong in there, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> that one's going to the Veterans Committee. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i exceeded the 10 years on the ballot and now it's up to the veterans committee to to put me in um so we'll see we'll see i mean i'm not gonna close the door on that are you in your high did you even graduate high school Dallas? are you eligible if you have a ged can you oh, still you get into your high school you know it's funny that you bring that up because guess who's getting inducted into his high no. school first ever Hall of Fame class. That's because no one graduates from Stockton <laughs> High. Everyone just drops hey. out and and lives a life of crime and poverty. So there's got to be there's got to be a first class, buddy. And you know how I roll, Jared. First <laughs> class. Is it is it Stockton High? Is that a thing? It's a uh, Stag High School. Amos Alonzo Stag High School. Okay. Yep. Learn about that. Amos Alonzo Stag is actually the name of the gentleman who is responsible for the forward pass in football. Believe it or not, if it wasn't for Amos Alonzo Stagg, we would not have the forward pass in football. You got that? Without my high school namesake, there's no Tom Brady. Damn. Joey, do you want to hear, do you want to hear the essay that uh, I had to write about Stockton, California? I love it, man. I would love to I'd love that. to read it for you because um, so I, I don't even remember what the bet was, but I lost the bet to Dallas. Uh, it's probably still dated. Actually, I could probably find the date. I'm wearing my fucking <laughs> Nate Diaz shit right now. Represent November, is, November 12th, 2019. Let's go, no, Joe. November 12th, 2019 is when I read this or at least when I wrote it for the grounds crew. Have we decided on a name yet for the listeners of the show? We haven't, and I'm, I'll tell you this: I'm getting a lot of strong feedback from from members of the grounds crew. If you would yep. like, hey, look, just because the destination or just because the home has changed mm-hmm. doesn't mean the support has. Doesn't mean the group has. We're we're still the grounds crew. That's been that's been a vibe that I've caught from from a lot of folks as well. So I'm, I'm not opposed to changing anything. I'm just here to pass along information, and that is information that I have received. I also just, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, like the grounds crew is a starting nine thing and we are not, we're not starting nine. I understand. understand. Starting nine is actually a, just like a whack-ass Twitter account now. Yeah. (laughs) Which by the way, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say this. 
But can we, can we, before we, I feel like we've got so many different tangents going on right now. Uh, people were asking me about the account just straight up jacking my bit. Like the, the Yankee bit about like if someone strikes uh, out saying that it's a home run or like uh-huh. if someone robs a home run saying that it's out of there. Just I, people were asking me what I thought about it. And I was like, I don't need to speak on that. Be, just look at the replies to those tweets yep. and all of them are just calling them out for it. Yep. I think it's I think it's lame, but at the end of the day, if if you need the likes and the retweets that badly, you yes, go ahead. Go ahead and go ahead and do that. Well no, you can't fault you can't fault whatever intern or whatever new person that they gave that account to or put in charge of that account. You can't yeah. you can't fault them. There's they're they're looking for a way to create traction there. And sure. so naturally I think you would start to look around and see, Oh, well, you know what gets traction? What, huh, what was happening here prior to? So right. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. To, to your point about like not even needing to entertain it, Jared, I live my life like this, man. There's, there's things that need to be addressed and they get addressed in due time. And then there's other things that do not need to be addressed because the information is there. Everybody has a clear-cut understanding of what's going on. And to be in the position where it's very clear what's happening and to not really have a you don't have a position, you don't have a stance, you don't that's not a fun place to be. To have to like defend what's going on. That's not a fun place to be. And so when you don't speak on it and the other party in, in whatever situation it may be are the ones who have to answer the questions that continually come their way without you ever addressing it at all. Imagine having to deal with that. Yeah. So that's how I look at it. You don't have to speak on it at all. Could you imagine what it's like to have to run that account and fire off what you're firing off knowing full well, what the response is going to be the minute you hit send. <laughs> like, yeah. Hang with them. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. If, if you need it, if you need the engagement that badly, then have at it. But, uh, the Back Stockton. To Tom Seaver. Can I well, talk no, the, to- hold on. I want to read oh. my Stockton essay. Oh, please. I worked pretty hard on it to only read it one time. Come on. <laughs> <clears throat> Man, this this brings back springs back memories. <laughs> All right. Hey, let me tell you a little something about Stockton, California. Stockton was named after a guy who had the last name Stockton. His first name was Robert. He was in the Navy and was also a US senator. He died in New Jersey in 1880, 1866. I don't know if Robert Stockton ever actually went to Stockton. It was founded by some guy named Captain Charles Maria Weber in 1848. Me personally, if I founded a city, I would have named it after myself, but alas. Let's talk about Stockton, the city. As of 2018, over 311,000 people live there for reasons that we don't quite understand. It is the 13th largest city in California, which is cool when you consider how big California is. It basically takes up the left side of the country. That's pretty big. The most famous person from Stockton is Chris Isaac, 
who made the song Wicked Game. The Wicked Game music video is the first video I ever masturbated to when I was a kid because of the girl in the bikini. Uh, <laughs> as this was before the internet had porn and I wasn't old enough to rent VHS porn tapes. People don't know this, but the movie Flubber was filmed in Stockton. That was the movie with Robin Williams in the green jello thing that was alive. I remember seeing that in theaters with my mom when I was eight. It came out in 1997 and it grossed $178 million worldwide. Stockton is known for having one of the highest crime rates in the United States compared to cities of similar size with a crime rate of 52 per 1,000 residents. According according to NeighborhoodScout.com, you have a 1 in 19 chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property (laughs) crime in Stockton. In 2012, Stockton became the largest city in the country to file for bankruptcy. Detroit took the crown a year later, though. In a 2010 poll, it was revealed that Stockton was tied with Montgomery, Alabama for the most obese metro area in the country with an obesity rate of 34.6%. In 2012, Forbes ranked Stockton as the eighth most miserable city in the country, likely due to the crime rates, the obesity, and the unemployment rates, among other reasons. Stockton was also ranked the 10th most dangerous city in the country and the second most dangerous city in the state of California, trailing only the city of Oakland. Shockingly enough, Stockton is also the third least literate city in the country. People there can't read. (laughs) Stockton was also once home to Dallas Braden, who barely graduated from Amos Alonzo Stag High Did I say that right? You nailed it, buddy. Yeah. Amos Alonzo Stag High School in Stockton before somehow getting into Texas Tech. There, he was drafted by the Oakland A's in the 24th round. He was previously drafted in the 46th round, which doesn't even exist anymore. That's how low that round is. Dallas threw the 19th perfect game in Major League history on May 9th 2010 and was out of the league less than a year later. He then waited six years to be saved from the clutches of ESPN by Justin Havens and Jared Carabas, forming the best baseball podcast in the world where Dallas talks about the Oakland A's and the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's basically all there is to know about Stockton, California. Well read. Thank you. Thank you. That was information that the world needed at the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like to know Dallas is to know Stockton, and to know Stockton is to know Dallas. And now we're that much closer. Yeah. Joey and Jake, we're that much closer. Yeah. Do you have more of an appreciation for Dallas now, Joey? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Stockton rules, man. Yeah. You Fuck, didn't even yeah. bring up heroin once. You didn't even bring up heroin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> You didn't bring up heroin once. <laughs> you uh, Jake, right now, weather mm-hmm. report, Boston, go. It's an absolute blizzard out there, Dallas. Mm. Thank you. That's been weather in Boston. Looks like 51, partly cloudy, high of 51, low of 37 out there right now. I'm actually looking looking out on the street. It's a, if you looked out on the street right now, it's a, you know, it'd be, it'd be hard to tell. I see... Some people are wearing Red Sox jerseys, just T-shirts. And then I see another individual here in like a winter coat. It's very, very hard to tell uh, what the temperature is by, by looking at the Bostonians here. Uh, Patriots Day. It's great. 
I don't know what's going on over at Fenway, but there's a bunch of people dressed in twins uniforms. Oh, shit. Damn it. <laughs> I thought, I thought Snow got into one. Damn it. That's all right. Don't worry about it. All right. Red Sox still win this game. Red Sox still win this game. Anyway, Tom Seaver. Yes, Tom Seaver. I don't know if you've seen the statue. Uh, if you haven't, please. Looks really cool. It looks awesome because mm-hmm. Tom Seaver, he of the drop and drive, the school of drop and drive. Like, dude used to drag his back knee on the mound, became famous for it. That's what a lot of folks who got to watch Tom back in the day <clears throat> remember about him as well on top of just being an absolute beast. But the statue has his knee, his back knee, his right knee, like an inch maybe off of the ground. And it just looks so fucking cool. And the idea that he is now immortalized in statue form, his wife was there and it was great. Her words, you know, it, it's just good to see that he's home now, you know, now he's home. Just that, that vibe, that feeling of, of celebrating your organization's greats. I, I am here for it. I love every minute of it. Tom Seaver, very deserving of it. And uh, I just, I love to see that the fans have something that they can gravitate towards as well. That's just, that kind of shit is important to me. He was, um, <clears throat> he was the highest Hall of Fame voting percentage until Griffey knocked him off and then Jeter knocked off Griffey, right? Yes, I believe so. But that was always my, my favorite baseball uh, trivia question, or one of them. One of my favorite baseball trivia questions. Like, who got into the, ha- the Hall of Fame with the highest voting percentage? And for a while, it was Tom Seaver. And then I'm pretty sure it was Griffey that overtook him. And then, the, it, whatever. Mo? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get, <laughs> I'm not gonna get into a whole thing no. about the hundred percent. No, I I mean like yeah, does Mo deserve hundred percent of the vote? Yes. Yeah, he does. Does Jeter deserve to have a higher voting percentage than everyone who's ever played baseball except for Mariano Rivera? No. Oh. No, he oh. doesn't. Sounds like sour grapes here, Jared. No, 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 no. Well honestly, who fucking cares? Like if you're in the Hall of Fame, you're in the Hall of Fame. Like it doesn't show correct me if I'm wrong. But it doesn't show your voting percentage on your plaque. Who gives a fuck? No, I'm with it you. It says it on your Wikipedia page. I'm with you. If they had to put the GPA on your fucking degree, there'd be a lot of people that would opt out of that. Like, nah, yeah. just give me the degree. Right. <laughs> don't need don't need the fucking two point whatever on there. We're, we're <laughs> all good. <clears throat> um, but I'm, I'm glad that the Mets <clears throat> have, have taken this step to do this. And what I think is just a side note of it is they plant a Tom Seaver statue out there for all of the New York metropolitan fans to enjoy. And wouldn't you know it, the New York Mets right now, they've got a few guys on that pitching staff that are absolutely carving shit up. So I just wanted to take a brief moment to let you in on what, not that, not that bum Max Scherzer, not him. He, that's not one of the guys I'm going to be talking about. Max Scherzer, boys, has an ERA over one. So he's not fit for this conversation, okay? <laughs> this is reserved for the likes of one Chris Bassett, who's featured oh. a .75 ERA, 14 punches over 12 innings, just, just three walks with a .67 so- whip. To go Sometimes the Dallas brainwashing works because like he'll hype up people that don't necessarily deserve it. But like I'll give Dallas full credit for 
turning me on to Bassett, being like, this is a guy that you should pay attention to. And when he went to the Mets, I was like, you know, I had people, obviously, I, I made, fr- I did go outside sometimes when I lived in New York. I did make some friends that were Mets fans. And they're like, what do you got on Bassett? And I was like, you're going to fucking love this guy. Like, yeah. you're going to absolutely love him, and especially they, when you got DeGrom down. And they already, they, they're already appreciating what he's what he's bringing to the table right now. Fuck! Speaking, speaking of bringing to the table, the <laughs> Mets, uh, or the Twins, sorry, just brought two more runs across the plate. So, yeah, it's now just, if you're listening to this, it's uh, top of the eighth inning. Things don't look great for the Red Sox. Uh, the most interesting man in the world, Alex Correa is, or Alex Cora, sorry, Correa, is coming out. Uh, that's probably going to lift. Who's in the... Uh, all you need to know is the Red Sox. The Red Sox are losing right now. But, I love uh, I love a cutter that just fucking cuts right to the heart of the plate. So it's like, how much barrel do you want? All of it? All right. <laughs> just, just swing as hard as you can on a level plane, and we're gonna we're gonna catch some barrel here. <clears throat> but aside from Chris Bassett dealing, Cookie Carrasco also dealing. Yeah. 0.84 ERA over his his first two starts that have gone ten and two thirds innings. He's totaled 13 strikeouts in that time. Just two walks to go along with a .66 whip. And how about old fucking McGill? McGillicuddy. That dude dealing. He doesn't have an ERA yet, Jared. That's what happens when you don't give up runs. And he hasn't done that over 10 and a third innings. Zero walks as well. 11 strikeouts to go with a .58 whip. Boys I just, are carving right now. I just tweeted this this game doesn't resonate with my spirit. That's it's it's a tough one. It's a tough early AM pill to swallow. Well, someone just tweeted me and they said, Oh, is part of your new deal with DraftKings that you can't say anything bad about the Red Sox? I mean <laughs> what do you mean? Is there- uh, first of all, we're we're doing this episode during the game. Like that's just being a team player. I uh, do you think I want to be a filmmaker right now? Absolutely. You got fuck it. it's marathon Monday. It's it's a holiday in the city of Boston. Everyone's out. Sky, the uh, sun's in the sky. People are happy. And I, would I would prefer to be at Fenway Park right now? Absolutely. But no, we're 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 doing baseball is dead for the people. And now I'm getting criticized for not criticizing I, me. I'd also like to take the time to acknowledge you because for the folks who didn't see, I believe you were up early today. I believe you, you made your way to Fenway today. I was Prior. at Fenway today. There was, I, a, there was a gentleman by the name of Sean who reached out to me and he said, I got a nine-year-old here who wants to meet you. And I was like, well, I got to do the show. But uh, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll come down. I'll come say hi. That's the benefit of being in the, in the neighborhood is I can do stuff like that. So I had, um, actually, you know who gave it to me? I think it was Andy Wong. I had a, what are those things called? The little, they're, they're not bobbleheads, but they're not action figures. They're like very popular. Pop toys? Yeah. I think it's one of the, like the big heads. Yeah. They're, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I had a JD Martinez, one of those that he signed and the kid said that, uh, you know, he, he wanted to say hi. So I went down and I brought him the little, the JD Martinez thing. He signed the case took the picture and then I walked back, got a coffee and came here. So I, I at least got to partake in the festivities a little bit. I got to what a you guy. Know, get what a little a taste guy. of the atmosphere down there. Just see, 
growing the game every growing the game. step hey, of the way. That's that's what we're about here. That's what we're about here. Baseball is dead. You want to say baseball is dead? It's not. And you part of the is initiative dead? is to grow that game. What's dead? Uh, I think any shot the Red Sox had of maybe coming back and winning. All right, this game, I all right. I thought we were going to move on to oh, a new sorry. topic. <laughs> My bad. We've I feel like we've already addressed this particular baseball game. Yeah. Um, uh, do we have anything? Uh, what was going through your head when Mike Trout got hit? Good God. <sighs> the the correct word is not indifference because that's not how I felt. I don't want to make it seem like, oh, he got hurt again because he was so durable for the first decade of his career. And with this, it's bad luck. The x-rays were negative. Um, But anytime that, you know, Mike Trout gets hurt and you feel like he's going to miss time. And we already talked about Fernando Tatis Jr. earlier in the show about how he's going to be out maybe until July. And he doesn't seem to be in a sprint to get back here, doing everything that he can to do that, whatever. Um, it's like, okay, so who, who that opens up the door for who? I mean, obviously Shohei Otani, I think, would you agree or disagree? Wouldn't you agree that Shohei Otani has eclipsed Mike Trout in the face of baseball discussion? Wouldn't you agree? 100%. Welcome, boys. Welcome. Wouldn't you agree? Welcome. Welcome. Wouldn't you agree that if you were to... Let's just do this. How would you power rank the face of baseball discussion right now, today? Give me your top top five. It's Otani and then Vlad. You You have Vlad at two? I think I've got Vlad at two. See, I'm allowing you to use, for the record, I don't know where you would have them regardless, but I will allow you to use Fernando Tatis and Mike Trout in this discussion, even if they're unable to play today. I still don't know. Uh, I've I've got Tatis probably in the top five. You don't have him at number two? I don't have him at number two right now. Like I'm I think, sorry, like he he just he's not playing. He's he's not, not playing. But I the my unit of measurement is he like, wasn't in an MVP conversation. No, but I I don't think you necessarily need to be. I I think it's it's really like who pops off the most when you share one of their highlights because. Well, I think Vladdy right now, like, come on, he's dude. there. He's there. He's There's there. No way, like how, and, and that's the thing is we're talking about a dude who was who was an MVP last year. Like, there's no other way to cut it. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. absolutely could have possibly won an American League MVP title if anybody else was playing baseball aside from Shohei Otani. If Shohei Otani doesn't play baseball, then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is your American League MVP, hands down. Correct. So it's really tough for me to move away from that and move off of that and hand that second place spot to anybody else right now. It's it's really tough. It's really tough. I don't know another player that's that's creating that kind of buzz. There's there's just not. Yeah. There really but, isn't. And and for me there's a significant drop off of guys who are active right now who create that kind of buzz. Like yeah. and and maybe 
I'm just way too high, way too high to be thinking about this. But <laughs> like, where's By- where's Byron Buxton in this conversation? Byron Buxton mm-hmm. hasn't had the consistent run of dominance to oh, really no. pop off outside of Minnesota. Like, I think. I think, obviously, if you're a Twins fan, you know how good he can be. If you're a diehard baseball fan, you know how good he can be. But you you need to kind of... If 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 there's like a circle and it's like this is Twins fans and then you need to break out to this layer and then this layer and then this layer. To get out to like this layer out here, you need to have that consistency and he just hasn't had it, uh, which is why I, I, you know, I still put Tatis in there like sure. when when he does something it pops when Vla- i guess and i'll even say this about mike trout who people have their opinions about mike trout in terms of like oh he's boring and you know whatever hey. mike trout highlights regardless of if he's never had a notable sound bite still pop like well, yes and, and he's starting to i don't know you guys see him like you know home run wearing the cowboy hat coming down the line yeah like He's starting to, you know, like loosen the reins a little in that regard. Yeah. He's always been someone who's who's had fun and, and has played the game with the, with the looseness to him. But he's not going to give you that audible clip that you're talking about. That you're and he's like, not a hard ass either. No, not not at all. Not like he may not busted. be flashy bat flip, but he's also not going to be like get the fuck down the line, like stop staring at the home run, fuck around right. the way. He's not that guy either. Well, that, and that's the reason why I asked, like, where does Buxton fit into this conversation? And Joey, like. Thinking about dudes who are like content material or like video material for you. If Byron Buxton, like say we get a healthy season of Byron Buxton, which is what everybody's after. That's it sucks that his career is now prefaced with that. Right. Well, if he's healthy, like blah, blah, blah. But okay, so let's move past that. Let's give Byron Buxton a healthy 162. You mean to tell me what that dude is capable of at the plate on the base path defensively? running shit down, jumping over fucking tall buildings to catch baseballs. Like, you, you mean to tell me that that dude wouldn't pop? Like, that dude would pop. I, I would have to believe. And given that over the course of a season or two, like, I, I think instantly starts to thrust you into the conversation of the face of baseball because we know the face of baseball isn't about being the best player. It's about being a combination of a good player, an exciting player, and one that has incredible moments that fans can latch on to. And I think Byron Buxton would fit that bill being healthy. Maybe, but also Minnesota doesn't help playing there. True. He's also had, he's been injured a lot, but he's, I mean, there's not like a moment where it was like, what's like the most viral thing Byron Buxton's ever done? Like, what has he done that's been like a face of the baseball type crazy shit that's going to like blow you up? He hasn't really done that, so obviously he's really he's really fucking good. And if he stays healthy, he probably will be like the best one of the best players. But I don't know if he'll ever be like a face of MLB. I think Mike Trout going back to that is like people who inside baseball always say that like, oh, Mike Trout's not marketable, or whatever. But he to this day, I think, is probably the most popular baseball player. Maybe Otani has has no, passed. Otani surpassed. But I mean, if sure. you go on the street and ask people like who what baseball players they know, like Mike Trout, they're gonna say Mike Trout before pretty much. I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I think will, so. you know what, Joey? I'll do this, man. When I go back to, and I'll do it. I'll do it when I go to Anaheim because I don't think that there's gonna be a better gauge for you 
than fans who have watched it all unfold. And you might even be able to argue that there's recency bias involved here. But this is why I yeah. said to you, welcome. Welcome. When Jared said what he said about Otani being the fit, because my whole point since Otani showed up here, since it was being discussed about him showing up, the point I made was why is he choosing Anaheim? Because he knows he's, he's no dummy, right? And he took the deal that he did so that he could come over, get going, get playing. Cause he knows I'm going to play and I'm going to get paid based on what I do over there. No problem. Here's the game plan. I'm going to go to the team that has what is widely revered as the best baseball player going right now. And maybe that the game of baseball has ever seen on any continent. I'm going to go play on that guy's team because I think I'm better than him so much so that when I perform next to him, you'll have no choice but to compare us. And then when he sits down in between innings and I go back out and I'm on the mound and I'm blowing a hundred with a nasty fucking split. And I find myself on the outside of Cy Young conversations as well as the Sherlock MVP front runner. The world will come correct. The baseball world will know exactly what kind of fucking animal I am. So that has been my take on why Otani chose Anaheim and why he is doing what he's doing, where he's doing it is because he knows that this is the measuring stick. This is the bar. And I am going to clear that bar by leaps and bounds and set a new bar. And he has done that in every facet of the game in terms of marketability. Like they're, I mean, come on, cover of the show, blah, 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 blah. It, it, it's already writing itself. Yeah, also, Mike I Trump's saw never like, been the cover, right? Has Mike Trump been on the cover of the show or anything? Has he yeah. not? He yeah, has been on so. the cover of the show. Yeah, I was going to say he has uh, to. I don't, I don't think so. I'm going to look at it right now. Yeah, look that up. Trump's That'll be I want to say the like 2012. Show. Cover history. Yeah, I, I, that's weird that that year popped into my head. Um, okay, so it went Otani, Tatis, Baez, Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, Griffey, Donaldson, Puig, Miggy, McCutcheon, Adrian Gonzalez, Joe Maurer, Dustin Pedroia, Ryan Howard, David Wright, David Ortiz. Mike Trout has never been on the cover. That's wow. crazy to me. And he I feel like he's more marketable than a lot of those guys. Do Looking you think back, that that's like, like a him thing? Does he not want to be on the fucking yeah, cover? Yeah, that's pro- I bet I guarantee you that's what I, I bet that I don't know if I don't obviously don't know, but like the you know, That seems Gonzalez. like he has to be, intervene with that. That makes no sense to have yeah. the best player arguably ever in his prime years, never on the cover of the official MLB yeah, baseball. That's and he's, he is one of the most popular players. People say he's not, but he is. And I think people, especially inside baseball, we get hype up these new people. And we think they're the face of baseball in a way they are because they're young. But I think Mike Trout and Bryce Harper to everyday people is more known than Vladdy Jr. for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think is Bryce Harper... I think Bryce Harper may have the most followers of any active baseball player. Like, I think that Bryce Harper's whatever fucking Q score uh, is higher than Mike Trout's, which it makes sense. Um, let's see. Bryce Harper has 1.7 million. Honestly, does Trout have more? 
1.9. Okay. See, dude, 1.9. 1.9 million. There, yeah, there are probably like actual like legit shit bum bench players in the NBA that have like ten times as many followers as Mike Trout. Though. <laughs> yeah, no. and Mike Trout's probably not even posting. What is Mike? What is he posting? The weather? Yeah, He's, check out this sick cumulonimbus cloud I spotted on the way to the ballpark. <laughs> cumulonimbus. <laughs> Dude, Mike Trout's Twitter is the fucking most underrated, funniest Twitter ever. It's just him being like. <laughs> Going to Houston with the plane emojis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, uh-huh. to Houston. About to take simple. off. Very simple. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. I can back the take of Mike Trout is a lot more popular than I think people give him credit for. Yes. But as far as the face of baseball, like who's the most popular player? Like there was there was like a man on the street video at the All-Star game in Denver like someone going around being like, who's the face of baseball? Who's the face of baseball? It was 90% Shohei Otani. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there was right any, I don't think anyone said Trout. I mean, obviously no. he was hurt at the time. So like uh, out of sight, out of mind. But even if he was healthy, I still think that you're getting well north of 70% Otani answers, especially because, you know, all the hype at that time at the All Star game was this dude is batting lead off. He's starting the game as the starting pitcher, and he's the number one seed in the home run derby. Yeah, I mean, it, you were kind of an asshole if you didn't say Shohei Otani at that point in time. Well, yeah, you're searching for because you're you're searching for a reason why he's not, as opposed to just acknowledging all of the reasons why he is. Sure, you know? like that, yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's that's what it is. It's like Einstein, like Al Einstein. I, I forget the quote, but he talks about, you know, I answered, I had a list of ten questions. And I answered the first nine of them correctly. And then I answered the last question incorrectly on purpose. And the evaluation was not, wow, he answered the first nine correctly. This guy knows his shit. It immediately goes to, oh, well, he got the last one wrong. And it's like, well, that's that's what you're trying to do here. Like you're trying to skip over the first nine reasons why Otani is the face, why Otani is the MVP what and you're just looking for the one reason why you believe it's not and that that is such a such a difficult exercise i don't know why people would do that it's free he's got everything going for him just he hits bat he's the best hitter one of the best pitchers he babe ruth he's from japan he's international well that right there like joey talking about marketability like give me a dude who comes from one country and has taken that place by storm and now comes over to another country and has taken that place by storm. I, I don't know. I'm not a marketing major here, but I'd like to believe that a guy who's got two nations by the balls when it comes to <laughs> who you're talking about, when we're talking about baseball, I think that guy's probably slightly more marketable. Just my thought, though. Especially since there's like not that many Japanese players in baseball. Right. I mean, in the MLB. Yeah, so I I don't think that like for me, that conversation is as easy to have as the MVP conversation last year in the American League was. Like I get it, Vlad rakes, Vlad don't do that though. <laughs> what about what about what about Aaron Judge? What do you think? Where would he rank if he was healthy? If he was healthy and had maintained a consistent level of healthiness to go with the production that comes when he when he's healthy. There's no reason that Aaron Judge isn't in that conversation. 
Because if he's healthy and playing well, there's a chance that the Yankees have a little bit different success. And if that's the case, there's no reason that he's not on your map and on your radar every fucking day getting shoved down your throat by the powers that market Major League Baseball, especially when those two teams on the East Coast are playing good baseball. There's no way that Aaron Judge in his rookie year has the judges' chambers created by the New York fans and organization, all that, and then just like falls off. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Aaron so Judge be, fumbled the bag. <laughs> he would be right up there. Aaron Judge, speaking of all-star games and home run derbies, in 2017, was it, in, in Miami? He was the face of baseball that night. Like that was that was his for the taking after uh, that all-star game, hitting all the bombs in Miami. Um, I would say, and then it, it was in the middle of what should have been an MVP season for him. I think we can all agree, even regardless of like the Astros scandal, like Aaron Judge just had better numbers than Altuve that year. Like he should have just won outright, never mind like stripping Altuve of an MVP. Um, so winning the home run derby and then going on to win the MVP, and then the Yankees were, I believe, did that series go to seven? Were they a game away from the World Series? Or two games. I can't remember. Uh, but they were close. They were in the ALCS. So, yeah. like it, I feel like in, in t- by the end of 2017, the face of baseball title was Aaron Judge's to lose. And he did lose it. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's a combination of, of the star losing a little shine to it and then having a fucking comet burst into your stratosphere and that's yeah. what Shohei Otani did. Yeah. Uh the fewest number of home runs were hit on what was it Sunday? Mhm. So yeah. The fewest number of home runs were hit on Sunday than any day in the league since 2014. And really? Dallas, I know I know that uh you you may or may not be in an altered state of mind maybe they're you're in one with the earth right now but i i really really like you to throw on a tinfoil hat maybe theorize why this could be because sure coincidences happen i think coincidences happen in in life every day but in this particular instance just doesn't feel, it feels deliberate. <laughs> just doesn't feel like uh, well, it's something that we can't explain with science and physics. Well, Jared, you know, it's funny you say that <clears throat> because there are people who have dedicated their life yeah. to figuring out how things move through the universe, mm-hmm. why they move the way they move through the universe, and the things that go into allowing them to move the way they move through the universe. And I have struck up friendships and have had many conversations with people just like that. And the information that I continue to hear is is borderline staggering. Mm. And then you pair that with what I hear and what my brain is capable of coming up with. And that becomes very scary. It's a scary place to live in this head. But it almost feels like well, you, you remember when baseball was like, hey, uh, the baseball, I get it. It looks like it's flying. We might 
we might are going to do something about that. Probably reduce that a little bit. Hey, you know what? Baseball doesn't look like it's flying. Uh, I think we might be uh, going to do something about that. You remember when that was happening? When baseball was messing with the baseballs? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it felt like for a while you're kind of playing with one batch of balls. And now you're playing with a different batch of balls. And how do we determine which batch is which, which ball came from which batch? And who's where's the quality control here? How's that happening? It feels like that would take a lot of effort, right, to stay on top of. Fair. And in an effort to not uh, be found out, it feels like you could maybe go a different route, which would be to say, hey, instead of trying to identify which batch these balls come from and which actual batch of balls we're using right now, instead of being able to answer those questions, which frankly is really tough for us to do right now because we're not doing a great job of keeping track of these batches and these balls. What if we just said, fuck it and put all the balls together? We'll just, we'll just put all the balls together and we'll run all the balls out there at the same time. That way, if you've got questions, well, the answer is going to be, Hey, uh, Look, this is these are the balls that we're using. Like there might be some that are, you know, greater. There might be some that are not as great. Some that are going to be more, more, more of a trampoline effect. Some that aren't. Like the, the, more drag. Some won't. Like I, I don't know, man. It's just a batch of balls. It's crazy to think that that could very well be the reality and the state of the game right now, and the state of the most important resource the most important tool in the game the baseball so you think you think that we are doing uh a goodie bag it's a it's an it's an assortment well remember when they decided to allow or not allow when they decided to implement triple a using the same baseballs that Major League Baseball was using, do you realize what that does? That increases the need for product. We need more inventory. Hmm. We need more of these baseballs. So when you're forced to create more inventory in a small window of time, typically what gets thrown by the wayside, typically what takes a hit is quality control. Hmm. Right, because you, you really got to get this stuff out there, but you don't have the time. So maybe how closely we pay attention to these things and maybe how closely we, maybe that kind of starts to take a back seat. Yeah. Well, now we're stuck with a lot of baseballs and we've got baseball to play. What are we going to do with all these things? Have you talked to any players off the record about this? Yes. How do they feel about it? I mean, obviously the opinions are going to vary based on pitchers and hitters, but uh, I guess just like preface preface it by saying like oh this pitcher feels this way this hitter feels this way that there's still some inconsistency in the feel of the baseball on the whole so are that, we getting are we going to have like another like blister epidemic like we had a few years ago when when guys were were missing starts because they had blisters because of the the seams on the baseball were different than what they were used to what would change that is that not every ball that they're gripping or throwing feels that same way as the ball that would maybe cause a blister. Mm -hmm. So if there's a mixed bag, right, 
on any given day, let's say a starting pitcher throws 100 pitches. If he's dealing with a mixed bag of baseballs, then he's throwing balls that have the seams that might create a blister, and he's throwing balls that don't have the same seam characteristic that creates a blister. So therefore, the usage might not be so consistent that it would create an issue or that it would create a blister. But if I'm using only these new quote-unquote blister balls, then the chance of me developing a blister is probably greater Mm -hmm. than if I'm only using a blister ball half the time because you're giving me a mixed bag of baseballs. But if you're a pitcher, don't you want the blister ball? You get a better grip on the big seams? it, It is literally pitcher to pitcher. Some guys like the idea of being able to grip that seam and use it as an anchor to throw off of and to really rip. Other guys don't. Other guys like a like a like a feel more as opposed to like having an anchor. They want to be able to feel the ball come off their fingers. Interesting. Interesting. I I, I wonder if uh, if there's going to be some sort of deep dive on this. I would imagine that uh, once the sample size is greater, because right now we're still in mid-April, there will be some data and research on this. Maybe we can have some individuals that have an expertise in this in this field can come on and talk with us. Well, Jared, wouldn't you know it? Mm. Some of the data that's been that's that has been accumulated that data has been accumulated based on the research done with old baseballs. But ah. it's actually been found out that those old baseballs were game-used baseballs from the 2022 season. Oh. So so how does that happen? How Hmm. do you find out that it's an old ball if you got it this year Mm. and you got it from a game? Mm. Because Major League Baseball tracks the production of their baseballs. Right? You got batch numbers on the inside of these balls. So if one was to get a baseball from a 2022 ball game Mm -hmm. and open it up and had the information that could lead you to understanding that, oh, wow, that ball came from a batch that was created in 2021. How did that ball find its way into a 2022 ball game? Hmm. 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 There's no possible way that this could be an oversight. I mean, it, it, there's there's a lot of possibilities, Jared. There's a yeah. lot of possibilities. But the reason I think question marks get raised is because the league that plays with the baseball owns the company that manufactures the baseball. That is the interesting tidbit here, isn't it, Alex? Yes, yes. It's just a small little caveat. <laughs> and this year yeah. they're using the uh, humidifier for every every stadium. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. every exactly. Every ballpark using a humidifier. So but just something to pay attention to. Sure. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> You know, I want to keep an eye on that. Uh, I don't know that I, I haven't talked to many guys about like sticky stuff this year. I know that when they first started to crack down on it last year, um, it was the number one complaint that if you would have any conversations with pitchers that they were passionate about, even if it wasn't guys that were using spider tack, guys that were just used to using uh, rosin and um, bullfrog and whatever else, just not spider tack. Which again, I'm not going to go on a whole fucking uh, tirade or explanation about the difference between spider tack and um, rosin and, and bullfrog. There is a difference. Yes, guys 
guys were upset that they could not use a sticky a sticky substance any longer. But the the results varied greatly in terms of spin and things of that nature. Um, so I think that the intent to cheat is very much different if you were using spider tack versus just a, a, a different sticky substance like Dallas was using bong resin. Um, Dallas was not trying to add RPM to his fastball. He was just trying to get a grip, which is different. And some guys Did will RPMs say, oh, I was just trying to get a grip. What? Was there RPMs back then? Did there, they know? There were not. Joey, there were not. Thank you for that. <laughs> fucking dick. I don't know if you guys know. Back in your day, did they even have spin rate? Did the ball even spin when you threw it back then or just kind of hover up there? Yeah. You know, I fucking was the first one to find out about spider tech, right? As an independent journalist, people don't give me credit for that. You what do you mean? My fucking, my video, December 2020, I think. I think it's my Garrett Cole video. Because someone sent me a DM, some random guy. This No one was talking about spider tech People were talking about sticky substance and Trevor Bauer was talking shit. And then everyone knew that Bauer was like using something mm-hmm. and his RPMs were way up. And then someone DM me. He's like, this is what people are using, spider tech. So I dropped that in a video for like a second. And then like a year later, six months later, everyone's talking spider tech. So I just want to take credit for you know what? Spider-tech. You know what that reminds me of? I think it was, maybe it was Jeff Passan. Or was someone a year, a year before the Rosenthal Drellick piece about the Astros banging trash cans? Uh, Passan, I believe, had a note in an article. I think it was during like the 2018 playoffs that the Astros were banging trash cans to relay signs to the hitters at, at home plate. And I remember reading it and being like, what the fuck? And then just moved on with my life because no one <laughs> yeah. else made a big deal about it. But yeah. like that was public knowledge. And I remember, I remember because it was a whole big thing in, in the office because uh, they like PFT and I like someone else, they were trying to pin it on me as being on the inside with the Astros <laughs> because I said something along the lines of like, yeah, I knew about the trash cans like a year ago. And everyone was like, what? Like, what do you mean you've known for a whole year? Like, did they tell you about this? Like, you had insider information? And I had to, like, scramble to clear my name that I wasn't on the inside uh, knowledge-wise with the Astros um, to be like, no. Like, I, I remember reading it somewhere. And, yeah, like, Passon reported it in October or November of 2018. And it wasn't until November of 2019 that everyone was like, what the fuck with these trash can and it was because i guess like mike fires being the whistleblower gave it more credibility but yeah. for whatever reason jeff passan probably like next to rosenthal the most notable baseball journalist in in the world he had that report and no one no no one batted an eye it was crazy that i because- think he didn't say trash cans though but it was like a bunch of i mean every team was already complaining about the astros for like a couple of years yes I'm not sure if he said trash cans in the article, but you're definitely right. There was like he was, I think, the first one to mention that publicly. Yeah, it was it was it was something that teams knew. But as you uh, bottom line, the result of the punishment or lack of for the players is exactly why 
it took as long as it did for multiple teams to come out and have a problem with what was going on. Because unless you make so much noise that they have to pay attention to it, they will just sweep it under the rug and look the other way. Yeah. So you isn't, have to walk Isn't that, that odd, though? Like, I can understand if it was, like, one of those fucking random ass, like, trying to make a name for themselves journalists on Twitter. But it was passing. That was like, yeah, the Astros were using trash cans to relay signs to the hitter at home plate. And everyone was like, all right, nerd, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> Either that or they just weren't even, no one saw it. No one was sharing it. No one was passing it around. I, like, I, It was one of those things where I remember seeing it when it came out because at, at the time, the Indians had just played the Astros in the division series Guardians. in 2018. Was, well, they were the Indians at the time, so that's correct at the time. Uh, the And then I guess the the Indians at the time were trying to tip off the Red Sox to be like, hey, just letting you know they're doing some sketchy shit. They've got like this dude with a, an employee team badge taking pictures of our dugout. And then the, the guy was interviewed being like, what the fuck were you doing? Like you work for the Astros and you're taking pictures of the Indians dugout. And his excuse was, I was recording their dugout to make sure that they weren't cheating. <laughs> That's what he told the investigators. I was just making sure that they weren't cheating. That's why we had cameras on their dugout. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Cora was with the Astros in 2017. So it's like we appreciate the heads up. But if there's anyone who's familiar about what's going on in Houston, Cora was obviously well aware of that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just I just thought of that uh, because, you know, you mentioning dropping spider tack a year before everyone was like spider tack what like i think it's even crazier that jeff passan had a report about the trash can bangs a year before everyone went ballistic about the houston scandal um i kind of like to spin off that a little bit uh did is it is it odd to you that some of these guys are still getting booed now that they like we're seeing them like we're seeing a new chapter where Correa has now left uh, Springer still gets booed as a Blue Jay. Um, that's just going to follow them for the rest of their careers now, huh? Yeah. And mm. I can I can understand why. Look, dude, baseball players have ridiculous memories. They just don't forget shit. You don't forget things that unfold on the field that happened four years ago. Like, just think about Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper. Like, the, the minute that Hunter Strickland had a chance to square up Bryce Harper again, years down the road, he took it. Mm-hmm. He was all over it. Um, but they just, they, baseball fans don't forget. And if you're a fan who rides and dies and eats, sleeps, and breathes the organization and the product and its players, and you're probably going to feel just as cheated and just as ripped off as the players do. Now, I'm not here to tell you that that's crazy or that that's not crazy. I appreciate passionate fandom. So I totally understand why fans are still saying, we're going to get our pound of flesh. And if this dude or these dudes get to walk around for the rest of their life calling themselves a world champion, why does why is that okay? Because in year 15, once they're retired, they're not 
they're not going to be telling people that they actually cheated and, you know, don't call me a world champ. They're going to be living that life of a world champion 15 years later down the road. So why can't I hold them accountable every one of those 15 years when they want to be celebrated or they're going to get, you know, an accolade or they're going to receive some sort of benefit for being the world champion. Well, I'm just going to be there to remind them that it wasn't done the right way, that you didn't get there the way that you really wanted to. And because if we're all being honest with ourselves, when you make a mistake and you fuck up, you apologize, you try to make up for it. And a lot of that isn't just because you're trying to be a better person. A lot of that is because you're like, well, I just want to rinse this feeling off. Like I do realize that that was wrong. I don't want to feel that way anymore. Like what can I do to make this better? Not only for the people I've offended, but for myself too. So there's a a hint of selfishness involved in there. Well, for a fan, they're saying, this is what I got. This is why I pull for these teams. I love them. Uh, I live and die with them. I'm, I'm just not going to let this dude walk around like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to fucking do it. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. So I, I understand it. The flip side of that, as a player, you're like, well, shit, dude. When do I get to take a breath? Like, when am I going to be allowed to walk into a ballpark and not get crushed for that. And the answer Never. would be the minute that you tell everyone you're not a real world champion. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> not going to fucking happen. So Never. keep the booze coming because I'm going to keep cashing those checks. That, dude, I think what it really is, is it's just fun to boo people. It really yeah. is going to, people just <laughs> like to boo. It's just fun to do it. So it doesn't really, makes no sense a lot of times. Like I was at the World Series with the Braves. And they fucking, they booed Altuve every time. Altuve didn't even use the fucking system. All right. right. Get that through your head, people. And <laughs> But when they put Brian McCann on the fucking Jumbotron, it was like, oh, fuck yeah, Brian McCann. I'm sitting like, this makes no sense. <laughs> well, we as, we as a nation, dude, like as a society, and it like I can't speak on the whole world, but it kind of feels like it's going on in other corners too. But like with, with social media, Twitter, Instagram, all like, the reason that people have followers is because there's a lot of people who are on your train, right? They ride with you. They love what you're putting out there. So they want to watch a lot of the other followers are people who are there waiting, just waiting for the train wreck to unfold. They're waiting for the bodies to pile up so that they could just talk shit so they could enjoy your misery. And it's like, that's fucked up. That's the world we live in. But that's where the boo birds reside is like, why are we going to the ballgame? Because fuck that fucking guy. And for all three and a half hours that we're sitting there, it's going to be fuck that guy. Yeah, there's nothing that can be done here. Like this is a it's purgatory. It's purgatory. It's championship purgatory. Unless one of these dudes wins another World Series with another team. Then it's always going to carry always going to carry that vibe. Always. Yeah. When, um, question, when do the Dodgers come to Atlanta for the first time? Uh, I have no idea. They're he what do you expect? gets booed. He absolutely you think, you think he gets booed? It's that no bad? No way. No, 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 no. I got no, Freddie no. getting booed. No. No chance. No. He'll get like You're a standing a ovation, dude. <laughs> they, people in Atlanta love Freddie. It's, it's, we have, pro- he is banned. Dude. He is banned for one year, but. He's they're gonna get 
He is banned for one year. We're getting he gets like one day. They're gonna give him the ring and shit, and it's gonna be <coughs> Joey. People like Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. People on you know, they have problems. He's fucked up and he fucking Joey, I was, want you to rem- I just want you to remember this is a dude who chose, okay? Just listen to me very carefully. This is a man who chose financial security, the love of his family, and the fulfillment of a dream over you, the fans. That's awesome. Of the Atlanta Braves. He chose all those things. All right. And however you may prioritize and rank those things, just know that not one of those was as important to him as you, an Atlanta Braves supporter, a supporter of Frederick Freeman. For his entire career, you supported him. And he turned his back on you for money and his fucking family, Joe. <laughs> Think about God, that. that's Look as sickening as that is. Family. As sickening as that is, Dallas, it's even worse because he could have had all of that in Atlanta. He could have so, and and he cho- and, and imagine that, and he chose to go to like, look, who wants to deal with seventy eight degrees and not a cloud in the sky every day, right? Like, who wants to live through that? So, does he get any credit? Does he get any credit for moving? And saying, you know what? I'll weather that kind of storm out there in Southern California. I'll deal with that. Doesn't feel like he's getting any credit. Feels like the fans from Atlanta have have cannibalized Freddie Freeman. They're not going to boo Freddie Freeman. <laughs> he may, might deserve it. Maybe one time. A quick boo. <laughs> maybe a silent treatment. Booing him isn't. There's no way he gets booed in Atlanta. I'll tell you. Do you that. think? It, do you think it has the possibility to be mixed, where you hear boos and, and Ooh, cheers? That's all I need. Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be maybe like three people. Like, there's probably one fucking guy in a section who's gonna boo. But no, I. Think I don't know. They're Braves what? fans are great. They felt. I think in the end they're going to do the right thing, and he obviously deserves a uh, standing ovation. But there's going to be some people booing. I mean, they, there they, is. They're going to be hurt. They're pissed off about the Ronnie thing, man. It is. Yeah, not, there will the be too. You, it's not going to be loud enough to be on TV. I'll say that it won't be loud enough to actually hear on TV. Like Acuna is going to be back by then. We got to look at that. Look that up, Jake. What? Tell me. Uh, tell me when the the uh, Dodgers come to Atlanta. I want to know when that is because I want to do some boots on the ground investigation. I want to know what it sounds like. I want to know what the environment is. We should do a man on the street video. We should go around at it. Are you going to boo or are you going to cheer? You're going to go boo there this guy? fucking passing out flyers and trying to get everyone to boo him. That's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll present the facts, you know, just make sure you guys know what this guy's all about. He's yeah. Hollywood. He's Hollywood. He yeah. Sure is. And like, I feel like, you know, like when, when Johnny Dan is obviously leaving the, Do- the Braves to go to the Dodgers is not the same thing as going from the Red Sox to the Yankees. But, you know, there were people that were cheering Johnny Damon. There were a lot of boos, but there were people that were cheering. All I'm saying is that there's probably going to be some boos. I don't think it's going to be a universal standing ovation. I think it's probably going to be 83% cheers. I just don't know how you cheer for a guy who chose his wife and kid in a dream <laughs> over a fan. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's a Joey's point too with the taxes and everything. He technically took less to go to the Dodgers. 
which yeah, people people say that, bro. But I feel like when you're that rich, do you pay taxes? And yep. I hate to say, do you, you still pay, have to pay taxes? taxes. Like <laughs> you still have to pay. Ta- I'm not that rich, Joey, but I can tell you that you still have to pay taxes. Yeah, pay taxes. Don't think he's got like an offshore fucking account. You know, he's got. <laughs> I don't. I, Freddie's not washing money in a fucking Swiss casino. All right, that's not what's. That's not what's going on. Hmm. Dodgers are in Atlanta on June 24th. June 24th, Dallas. Put it on the radar. I mean, you're you're obviously you're doing all 162 for the A's. Fact. So you're not going to be able to do any of this fucking cool shit. Uh, June 24th, I will be eating barbecue with Amir Garrett in Kansas City. I love Amir Garrett. You ask that Granky if he'll come on the pod when you're there. I will. You ever <laughs> talked to him before? To Grinky? Yeah. No, uh, a literally a hello. I feel like no I mean, people talk to Grinky, but no one has a conversation with Grinky. Yeah, you, you probably get spoken to. Yeah. You know, like he talks at you. Who was that that had the the Granky story about like playing basketball? Who was that that told us that story? Why do I want to say it was like Archie Bradley? I don't think that they were ever teammates, though. They're teammates in Arizona, no? Oh, so maybe it was Archie Bradley. Yeah, I think it was Archie. Okay. Yeah we we have to get Zach Greinke on here at some point. That would, but be I feel like he, he's going to be happen. he's yeah. going to be one of those guys that when he retires, you'll never see or hear from him ever again. Yeah, gone. His Hall of Fame speech will be the most legendary shit. It would be twenty seconds. I could see him not even showing up to that. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> Just big league in the hall of fame. <laughs> 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 he's gonna he's gonna pull a Austin Meadows. Like Austin Meadows did an interview with us on the back of his fishing boat, just hanging out. And that's what Greenkey's gonna do. He's gonna send in like a canned tape, like twelve seconds. He's gonna be like be in line at the drive through, mm. like ordering, and is like, oh, and hold hold on. Yeah, one uh, second. Thank you. Thank Thanks. Thanks to the <laughs> writers, I guess, whoever watching. But yeah, that's going to be great. You think he's first ballot? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's first ballot. Hmm. Yes. I hope he is. I do. That's going to be great. I know he will never do it. Like you're gonna have to kind of like corner him. Like it would never be like, all right, Zach Rangie's gonna hop on a Zoom and do this show. I think it would more just be like, well, you're getting yeah. a two and a half minute interview, and it's because you were already ready with the camera, and he's right. like, all right, yes. fine, I'll fucking yeah. answer your stupid question. Yeah, like he's gonna have to be like chilling. Like it's gonna be obviously be like a, a non-start day, or he just happens to like sit in the stands after he pitches, and he'll give you like two minutes of his time. Yeah, like we just need to find out. Like, is he a is he a cat video guy? Like, you just got to come ready and armed with something that he's gonna be like. Let me see another one of those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like I don't know. Like, all right, Grinks, I got I got a, a, a Persian cat here, just going at it with this fucking ball of yarn. You ready for this? Like, just we just need to know what it is that gets him going. Huh. That's what we got to look for. We, that uh, is a good question. What is he really into? Because I feel like I've done more research on Zach Greinke than like like as much as you can do to make that the video I made about him, and I really don't really know. 
<laughs> he had a funny quote one time where he was like, after he won the Cy Young, like they asked him, like, how do you feel? And he's about like, Chipotle? Oh. No, it was about something. I think after he won the Cy Young, they asked him, like, what it was it like or something like. And he was like, I don't know. I've been playing World of Warcraft. I haven't even been doing thinking about baseball. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. That's 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 par for the course. Yeah. Par for the course. You. uh Well, I know we're getting to the end here uh, before we go. I, I do have some final thoughts. Okay. Um, just chew on this here. Entering play today. Today. Entering play today. Mm-hmm. Monday morning. The Oakland Athletics. Oh, boy. Had scored more runs than anybody in Major League Baseball. The A's lead. I the, think that's not true. That oh. can't be true. I think they're oh, third. True. I looked that up. That's not I, true. Look it up. You know what? Look the it a- up. <laughs> I could have got bad information, but I, th- I thought they were third. Look I thought it, it was Cleveland, Cleveland, Texas. They are. Oakland. All right. He's right. No, no. He's right. I don't know why that. No, no. There's a difference between run differential and yeah, the no. amount of runs scored. They lead the majors and runs scored, but I don't know how. Well, you, you just touch home plate more than anybody else. <laughs> You're a 500 team. No, that was with the 500. That, that was just a road trip. By the no, way. No, 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 yeah. no, no. 500 on the season. Right. We started the season on the road. Yeah. And that was the road trip. You started on a 10-game road trip? Yeah. Damn. And, yeah, and, and listen to this, my friends. That's a 10-game roadie through Philly, through Tampa, okay, and then through Toronto. Toronto. And he came away that from that 5-5. Five and five. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's a magical season. Yeah, you never know, Joseph. You never know. But, hey, when you score more runs than anybody in Major League Baseball, magic can happen, bud. Who would have thought that the the Rangers, the Indians, and the A's, I think, are top three scorers right now? Yeah, nobody saw that coming. (laughs) I mean, the Guardians were swinging it for a second. They were. They still are. That's what I mean, yes. And the A's, yeah. they're probably about to sign Soto. They got so much free space. I think that's what their plan is. Mm-hmm. That, Billion that, dollars for Juan Soto. That felt like an attack. No, <laughs> it's just an observation. Yeah, that's, well, a, that's their strategy. That's I've operate. just been observing the, the fucking swinging A's putting in work. All mm-hmm. right. Oh, and I also, uh, I believe it was, uh, this was going into, was this going into Sunday maybe? Maybe going into Sunday. The A's had hit nine home runs. Six of those nine were of the three-run home run variety or greater. So mm. six out of the nine homers that they hit were either three-run homers or grand slams. Yeah, that that's definitely sustainable. No other team yeah. <laughs> in baseball had more than two. Yeah. Yeah, they'll keep that up all year. You, you mean to tell me they won't? Moneyball wrote the fucking book on get on base and hit the big three-run homer. Honestly, the 2002 Minnesota Twins don't get enough credit for actually being the real Moneyball team. Mm. They do. I mean, they do. Come on. This is what it is. <laughs> Shout out to the Baltimore Orioles. They're looking great <laughs> to start the year. That's the, that's no joke. The fans the are showing out. That's who the A's open up with tonight at home. The Oakland Athletics home opener. You're going to catch an L. 
I got Orioles happen. money line. <laughs> that ain't happening. That ain't nah, happening. I yes, I feel like the Orioles are probably gonna win this series. Is it three gamer? So you're yeah, it's a three game series. Yeah. No, I it's got, a four game set actually. Sorry. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I got three out of four at Baltimore. Not happening. I do. I do have Not that. Happening. Jake, can you write that down? Yeah, got it. Thank you. Three out of four, Baltimore in Oakland. A lot of foul territory there. Um, should really play into the favor of the Orioles pitchers, who we can definitely all name them. And <laughs> Spencer Watkins goes tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, you you get your fucking hands full here. You want to talk about the, the swing and A's. How about the fight O's? Said Mully and Co. Yeah. Rugnet Odor, because everyone knew that he was on that team until yesterday. <laughs> oh, Rugi. <laughs> Still kicking. Yep. Oh. So, yeah. Any other uh, any final thoughts, Joey? On those? Yeah. No, on, on anything. On anything. Uh, nah. You get the Mets winning seven out of their first 10 games to start the year. Fucking plus 26 run differential out the gate. Yeah, they're the best team in baseball for sure. I think you just shock them for the World Series right now. You got, uh, I don't know if it's a surprise or not, but to all the dumb sons of bitches out there who didn't believe in the San Francisco Giants and thought that that season was an aberration, they're also off to a hot start. They've won seven of nine to start the season. They're, They're plus 23 to the Dodgers also winning seven. Uh, out of their first nine games, plus 27. Uh, the Giants have won five straight. The Dodgers have won six straight. Um, the Rockies, I don't think it's going to be sustainable. And then the Padres are just kind of there. But, uh, I, you know, it's, it's again, it's still very early. A lot of things can change and a lot of things will change. A lot of things will change as we go on. But one thing is for certain. Those San Francisco Giants, Dallas... It wasn't a fluke, you scumbag. It wasn't a fluke. And my guy, my NL Rookie of the Year pick, Joey Bart, is out here to prove it was no fluke. The San Francisco Giants, they're going to be a problem again, Dallas. They're going to be a fucking problem again. And, I, and you know what? I actually I, words, I pity you. Carabas. I pity you. I pity you, Dallas, because the young Dallas inside here once we get to the dog days of summer and the Oakland A's are 26 games under 500 whoa, whoa, whoa. and you see that the San, the San Francisco Giants, Dallas's hometown favorite baseball team as a, as a youngster, once you see what they're doing, they're giving the Dodgers a run for their money in the NL West and they're they're running down another uh, two-way 100-win season, both of those squads, you're going to be like, damn, wish I was a Giants fan. Really wish I didn't get fucking... Drafted by the A's, and now I'm stuck talking about this fucking team, pretending like I like this team, when really I want to be screaming from the mountaintops how much I love the San Francisco Giants because that's the team uh, that is really going to be one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting team on the West Coast this year. And uh, you're stuck talking about the dog shit. Can't can't name more than three guys on the team Oakland A's. That sucks. <laughs> I'm just just know just know that I'm saying this because I feel bad, not because I'm trying to, no, you know, I'm not trying to kneel you. I'm not trying to make a big deal out of the no. fact that, you know, 
Like you have nothing to to live for as an A's fan <laughs> and that you grew up a Giants fan and they're actually going to be very exciting this year. And it looks like, you know, they, they have a shot. They have a shot to do exactly what they did last year again. Uh, only they have a big time chip on their shoulder. Well, I'll, so, take, I'll just take this time, this quick moment to shout out Logan Webb, noted lifelong A's fan. <laughs> throwing the ball, throwing the ball very, very well as of late. You guys can kiss my entire asshole. <laughs> <coughs> I just want to give the I just want to give the Giants a shout out because no, I mean, that's great, great final thoughts. Yeah, no, it's it's it. There's a lot of pressure when you do something like that last year, and no one expected you to do it. There is a lot of pressure to build off of that in year two, uh, and they're doing it. Yeah, there's and just they are doing it. Five wins laying around. I mean, 107 last year. Like mm-hmm. you could easily pencil them in for 103, 105 this year. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, go Giants! Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back on Thursday. Thursday. See you there. We go.